that music. Hello, and welcome to the Salacast on Sunday, the 21st of August, 2022. I'm your host, Anne Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. More like music and words in this case, though. And Robert Kemp. I, I guess that is the correct ordering, yes. <laughs> yep. Intro comes first. I mean, music intro comes first, then this intro. Ah, but then, but what if you <laughs> skipped the first minute of this podcast? Then it would definitely be words and then music. Kind of, if you count the outro as music, I guess. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the same yeah. music as the intro, yeah, but it's still totally music. True. Do we actually have an outro? <laughs> we just play the same as the intro. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I've just been fading in the intro in the last. Yeah, that works. Most, most of the time, it was always it was never like a designed. Um, Actually, no. There was a, there was a, there was one sometimes. there was one or two years where I actually manipulated it to make a specific outro, but most of the time I don't. Most of the time I just cut it. No, the key part is the intro, which you've just heard. <laughs> Hear it again if you like. Music and then words, <laughs> words and guitar. I want it, <laughs> except no guitar on this one. No, there's no there's no guitar here. Do you know that song, Slater Kinney? I really like that band. No, I don't know that song. Um, do you know that band? Um, no, I do not. From, <laughs> from like the late 90s, like a Riot girl um, alternative. Hmm. Uh, three women rocking rock out. The guitarist is in that um, sketch show about Portland, Oregon. You know, Portlandia. Have you ever seen that with Fred Arvinson? Uh No, I've not seen that either. Another one. Yeah, I think it's quite niche because it's like about hipsters in on the west coast of America or whatever. So, which I suppose she kind of is, but she's extremely cool because she was in Slater Kitty. <laughs> she's allowed, I guess. Yeah, she's allowed to make fun of herself and the, the, the residents of Portland, Oregon. It's like Shoreditch turned up to a million. Yeah, no one can walk up to her and be like, you don't know, man, you weren't there. And it's like, actually, no. she was legit there. <laughs> yep. That was all about there. Apparently, Eddie Vedder is a really nice guy. <laughs> okay, good to know. <laughs> Should I ever cross his path? Yeah, I'll, I will make sure to cross it near his face, <laughs> as opposed to further away from his face. <laughs> I always think of there's this clip of Kurt Cobain being interviewed because the. Obviously, the music press, it was a bit like with Britpop, but a bit earlier, you know, where they wanted to make a fight between Blur and Oasis. Sure. Obviously, the music press wanted to make a fight between Nirvana and Pearl Jam, obviously, because they were like the grunge bands or mm. whatever. And Kurt's like, oh, I never had a fight with him ever. Like, uh, he seems like I, he seems like a really, really nice person. I, I just fucking hate their music. <laughs> 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 oh, no, no. It's like, I just fucking hate his band. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, but no, he's he's like a really nice guy i just fucking hate that he's like oh good job i don't know classic <laughs> good job with the play i like, per- like pearl jam though it's my guilty pleasure with bit of 10 jeremy spoke etc uh, yeah i don't know that i'm super into pearl jam but no like, i'm not definitely would, not super into it i wouldn't i wouldn't push it out of my ears no, I mean that's how ears work. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't. It's I wouldn't not, yawn them out of my head. That's sort of how the air works in your ears, right? Yawn them out. Yawn them out. Yeah. I mean, they're not Nirvana. Let's face it. No. But n- very few bands are. So, in fact, no bands are. <laughs> Maybe the Beatles. Anyway, 
I'd probably put a sound garden over Pearl Jam in the grunge rankings. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Definitely. They've probably got... No, they're probably... Yeah, I'd agree. I'll just always think of Black Hole Sun, though, with Soundgarden. Yeah, I know they yeah, have yeah. Other, other good songs, but like, that Stone really man. is kind of the pinnacle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a song okay. about Spoon Man, you know. <laughs> on brand for Rob. <laughs> it's totally on brand. <laughs> Those are some incredible voices, though, for like, well, obviously Kurt Cobain, but Chris Cornell and Legend. I guess Eddie, Eddie Vedder. But yeah, not quite on the Chris Cornell level. You know my name. <laughs> that was like that, that Bond theme. The Bond theme theme's great, though. Yeah, it's a good Bond theme. Yeah, you, I mean, it's is it different? Hmm. I don't. Know. I was about to say, is it the last great Bond theme? And it's like, well, okay, Skyfall happened, and that was kind of good. Yeah, I but, mean, Skyfall. People love that and like sing it at karaoke and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like, but for me, it, it. I mean, Adele's amazing, and she sings it incredibly. But it still felt like a little bit of a, a. You know, by the numbers, trying, thing. Yeah, yeah, or trying to do a Shirley Bassey Bond theme, yeah, 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 like, but not quite. It, it doesn't reach the levels of, um, well, obviously, Goldfinger, etc. Um, I feel like I actually feel like Tina Turner did better with the uh, Golden uh, Eye, Golden Eye. I feel like that had her own, like, style. I feel like that was more in the, you know, in the tradition of the Shirley Bassey ones while having its own. Kind of, I think that's a bit of a dark horse. Do people do people listen to that one? I don't know. I don't don't know. I mean, mean, it's it's a B tier one for sure. You don't hear it very often when people talk about their their favorite Bond themes or anything. No, I don't know. For for me, I think Goldeneye's up there, right? Like because it embodies better than Skyfall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I, I agree with that. I mean, A tier ones are obviously Live and Let Die. Is the best one. Hundred percent. I mean, it's but that's kind of cheating. Just getting the beat to, a beetle to do it is kind of cheating, mm. um, uh, and um, obviously Goldfinger. Um, oh yes, obviously Goldfinger. Yeah, yeah. Took me a while to remember that one, but then it's course, oh yeah, it's Goldfinger. Goldfinger. <laughs> I always think that's quite the uh, "You Only Live Twice" is kind of sampled, isn't it? That's that, that's that Robbie Williams song from. To, Millennium or whatever. That's literally just a sample of Yeah, it is. You only live twice. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. What are the other good ones? There must be tons of them. I quite like Tomorrow Never Dies as one of the sort of modern ones. Yeah. That's that's all right. That's quite decent. I was a bit disappointed in the Jack White Alicia Keys one. Like It's okay, isn't it? But it's like Yeah. I don't again, don't mind it, but it's like somehow it was neither of their strengths somehow. No, there, there was less than the sum of its parts. I love yeah. both. Though I love Jack White. I think Alicia Keys is, pre- is pretty great. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but it didn't quite work for me. Which it's a bit weird because, like, I know they're both Americans or whatever, but like, the White Stripes were doing these kind of. I mean, Seven Nation Army is talking about the Queen of England and stuff mm. like that. You know, there's quite a, there's this British influence in in the White Stripes music, and yet it didn't quite come out come out in the the, the Bond theme that he did. It's a bit weird. It was ah, the problem. The problem with it was, is it was White Stripes level messiness. Yeah, but I don't think that fits 
no. with Bond. That you can't have that style of production with that. Like if they had dropped a Seven Nation Army style production, which is slightly di- like Seven Nation Army for a White Stripe song, is pretty tight, right? Yeah. For, for their style, um, if they had gone more that side, then it probably would have fit better. But um, he just used that fuzz box, the 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 woolly mammoth fuzz box, which he'd got he'd got into, I think, and it was like two two fuzz, ma- maximum fuzz. It's like more more than the big muff that he used to use used to use. He went, it's the really sort of trouser ripping fuzz. <laughs> and you know what? Short of um, uh, Jack White's appearance on uh, Electric Six's seminal High Voltage, um, I don't yeah. know that he duets well. No, like or he's not he really forms, a collaborator. Yeah, or forms more as yeah. that you know a combined vocal. Surely he's had. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's had better results with was it Dead Weather. Um, yeah, on that um, front, but he's normally yeah, not always the lead yeah. on that, right? Is yeah, is, I mean, is, he he. Do, I don't think. Why well, I, I don't know. Are there many songs where they actually duet in the Dead Weather? Is it usually like in the Raconteurs, he'll be the lead singer, or it's somebody else? Right? Oh, I see or, what you mean. Yeah, and they play. Yeah, yeah I'm just trying to think. Raconteurs have they usually have the two throw, don't they? Like he'll sing a bit, and then someone else will sing a bit, then he'll sing a bit, mm. and it's yeah, they bounce off. There's not normally multiple vocalists, I guess. But he was able to do like when I saw him, you know, solo uh, at Glastonbury, he was able to do Raconteur songs mm. and Dead Weather songs just by himself. So. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I guess you can pull because most, as I say, that bounce off is usually like a backing vocal, isn't it? But it's on its own. Like I'm thinking of "Steady as She Goes" and it's like "Steady as She Goes" in the background. Yeah, it's like backing, <laughs> backing. Steady as she goes. He did that, and that, um, but I think I can't remember if he had. I think he had a because ba- he had a band. I think they mm. did sing backing. Uh, you know, like the drummer had a mic sure. or whatever. Does he still do the, the thing where he has two bands? Like um, the, the lady band and the man band. Well, not when I saw him, but he was on a smaller stage because it was mm. just a because it was a, like a secret, uh, not secret, but it was like a yeah secret slot at Glastonbury, so it was a smaller stage, so he only had the one band there. But I imagine when he tours, he might do that. But that was like a while ago when he had that, uh, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was when he, his when he started solo, his solo thing, right? Solo yeah. stuff. Yeah, there's a few albums in now, so I don't know if that's still the case. Um, weird idea though this is my man band yeah. and this is my lady band <laughs> i don't know he's the sort of guy he likes separating things into like neat uh you know making things neat so it's quite it's quite a jack white idea i think <laughs> that anyway james bond i still haven't seen the last one where with I, I oh, kind of got right. spoiled on it, but, but I mean that's pretty obvious. I mean that was the whole sure. idea of it. But but I, I, have you seen No Time to Die? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I can't even remember what see- the theme for that was. It's like, well, we're on the top subject of Bond. Oh, themes. it's Billie Eilish, isn't it? Because she won an Oscar oh, for it like a year before yeah. the film came out. Mm, yeah, not not in. Yeah, no, I remember it now. Not into it. Not into it. I haven't actually heard that. Even though I saw, maybe she played it. I mean, I saw. Because she, she headlined Glastonbury and I saw, you know, I was in the crowd. It's mm. like she's only just got enough songs, to be honest. She's only like 21 or something. She's only just got, she's got two albums. She's only just got enough songs to cover like a headline set at Glastonbury. Mm. I don't think she played the Bond theme. Uh, but maybe she did. I wouldn't have recognized it. <laughs> no, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a standout. But at least it's not Madonna, huh? She, oh yeah, but that whole film was a disaster. It kind of suited that film. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't seen that one like ever. Die another day. Yeah, 
oh my god it's terrible <laughs> it's so bad that's like you know i i i would we should watch that we probably just should for, yeah yeah that's, for a good, how, that's a good comedy l- film literally it's properly stupid like um uh so i'm sure there's yeah. a lot of the old bonds i've never seen either like a lot of those i don't think i've ever I don't think I've seen them yeah, all. Let's I mean, put it that way. But like, no, I mean, it's hard. There's a lot of there's a lot of Roger Moore ones. Mm. Um, I can't remember ever seeing like Octopussy. No, I don't think I've seen that. <laughs> um, Name aside, I think I've seen A View to a Kill too many times, and that's that's not very good. I can't remember the, the theme tune to A View to a Kill. Is that, <laughs> that's that, a very eighties one. Duran Duran one, possibly, yeah. I remember them ending up in an airship or in a blimp over San Francisco Bay or something of like that at the end. And it's Christopher Walken is the baddie, I think. And it's got Grace Jones in it. Oh, um, okay. Maybe I have I, seen I think, bits of that. Does he parachute off the Eiffel Tower in that one? I don't know. It's <laughs> stupid. Moonraker is is terrible. That's yes. maybe one the worst one. Yeah, I've, I've definitely seen that one. one. Yeah, that, that is poop. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the theme tune to Moonraker is, but I'm not sure I want to know. Pretty sure I've seen oh, yeah, because that has like a recurring, because they brought back the... Is he called Jaws? He's literally yeah, called yeah, Jaws. Yeah, he's called Jaws. Yeah, from... Um, uh, is he in Live and Let Die, Jaws? No. Oh, I don't know. Where does he first appear? Anyway, he it's his second appearance, I think. Which one is um, Odd Job from? You know, the scourge of... Odd Job's from yeah. Goldfinger. Okay. Oh, Goldfinger. The, the scurge of N64 yeah. Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah. Old job is Goldfinger, or uh, who throws his hat right yeah. with a steel steel rim, and then in Austin Powers, it's random task. <laughs> he throws <laughs> a shoe. He <laughs> throws, throws a shoe. shoe. Honestly, <laughs> honestly. And <laughs> like you fight like a woman. I think that maybe it's a reference to Rosa Klebb in um, in uh, from Russian with Love, who actually does fight with her shoe because she has like a poison oh. tip, like a. Uh, she has a poison tip, uh, like knife that 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 stick that slots out. The front yeah, of I was about shoe. to say. I'm sure that's not the first yeah. or the only film that's done. There's plenty of knife shoes in films, but yeah. Well, maybe that. I mean, that was in. I think that was in the book. So I don't know who came up with poison knife shoe, but anyway. Uh, yeah, it's not um, like Bayonetta's gun shoes, though. No, it's pretty. Gun it's pretty ineffective weapon. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, Bond. Bond. Uh, we still don't maybe really, I'll watch. We still don't officially know who new no Bond is, do we? No, I mean it's years away, isn't it? I don't know when they'll announce the casting. Um, I mean, who's who's? I mean, the the leading in, rumor I think is Idris, right? Yeah, but he's too old, isn't he? That's fine. He would. They just don't do many. They could do like a one-off. Yeah. Like as long as they make a good one-off and don't plan to make a ridiculous spinning story, because they've ended this entire arc now, right? The the, the Craig yeah, arc is basically so. like they'd have to reboot yeah. from now, right? Um, I guess that's the idea. Well, yeah. and the Craig arc was a reboot in the first place, right? Uh, there was no, it was, yeah. So they'd have to do all that again. Um, no, I so, prefer so they could get away a stand, standalone one. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind a one-off with Tom Hiddleston or whatever. That would be fine. Sure. Like, I don't know. Um, but that's just not how they operate, is it? They don't do this, and 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 it was a success making it arky. Even the the arc made like the arky stuff in the Craig stuff didn't really make much sense. There wasn't really a plan. 
like and they would make it up as they, they were retconning every single film mm. retcon the previous film like it's like oh there's, there's, we don't have the rights to call it spectre so we'll call it quantum or something like that really was spectre all along <sighs> yeah mr white or whatever and then from the first one and then he was in quantum and then and then then spectre and then uh, i don't know god quantum solaces uh, that still annoys me that i don't know why i get i'm so against i mean i've only seen one. it once but it, somehow that is well it's a disaster it's, it, it is it's, it's modern poop I think, yeah. that's, I think that's more. I think that's more egregious than old poop, right? Like watching an old film that's bad somehow is more stomachable yeah. than stomachable. Whatever. It is more stomachable, stomachable, stomachable. Than, than like modern bad. <laughs> no, I, I I agree. It's easier and more interesting to watch old bad stuff than 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 that kind of because that one is like the way it's shot as well is like it was very born identity yeah that know, was the thing it was so not, so yeah. inspired by it but like really badly done version of it yeah with all the cuts and everything and the action and, and it's like what's going on and why and like but that one was because of the writer strike wasn't it like i don't think they had any writers to write it uh possibly i mean that particular writer strike screwed up so much stuff screwed up mm. battlestar galactica all kinds of things got screwed up like that that one strike in like 2005 or something like that something like that but it was industry-wide yeah. wasn't it it wasn't just yeah a su- it, well i assume it was a, still a subset but it was like a pretty big subset yeah yeah i want to talk about um, slightly disappointing um things i've watched recently finished that oh, yeah. obi-wan yeah which, which to be fair i was enjoying for most of the way through it and i didn't really have a problem with it up until those last two episodes and it kind of fell apart for me like okay mild spoilery zone because i can't help myself i really don't understand like the third sister's intentions no in the last episode i don't understand like why she was doing what she's doing or how she derived that she wanted to do that it doesn't make any sense to me at all and i've seen no. people like like I, I had to look it up and i had to read around and it's like oh well, obviously she deduced this and this and it's like obviously no <laughs> there's no way she like what, what was it supposed to be why did she go to tatooine to threaten what? exactly like that's luke. the thing like, i mean that is the question yeah she goes to tatooine to threaten luke but all she knows is that she saw a thing on the ground at the refugee camp and it's like she knew it was Bail Organa talking to Obi-Wan about the boy and Owen the farmer was mentioned, and that is it. That's all she's got to go on. Yeah. She doesn't understand who the boy is. She doesn't understand what the importance of it is. It's just un- knows that he's important for some reason because nobody knows the, about the Leia Luke thing, right? Apart from Vader. Yeah. Well, oh, he, he doesn't even know. Vader doesn't know. Does. Oh, okay. Yeah, he intentionally doesn't know. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's just, I mean, Yoda maybe Palpatine might know, I guess, maybe. But uh, how would. Hmm. No. How or would he, he might, he might, he might be able to know well, like, at yeah, some point. I mean, but... Palpatine kind of knows that, that Padme didn't get killed at the end of the third film. 
he knows that true. he knows that he's lying to him when he says that he yeah, that that's true. Killed her. and causes him to go no yes. but he doesn't necessarily know about the children I guess mm. yeah but she was pregnant yeah so, so it would be kind of obvious <laughs> yeah yeah so anyway that whole last episode made zero sense to me um, which is quite irritating I mean um, I just overall didn't like it. I'm afraid. Oh, I, thought, yeah. I see. I thought it was hanging together pretty well up until up until then. I mean, My, the thing I liked and, most about it was little Princess Leia was cute. Yeah, <laughs> and she I, was great. Yeah, I liked her. Yeah, she was um, consistently great the whole way through. Apart from the whole, um, <laughs> I mean, they. I don't know what it is, but like, I, I've lost my faith in their ability to do. Or maybe they never had the ability to do action sequences in this in this new like Star Wars TV era, right? They got away with it yeah. perhaps in Mando because they didn't necessarily have to do big set pieces. Yeah, the best ones in Mando are like just kind of one on one fights style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and in fairness, the one on one fights here are still good, but like I don't know when Leia's running away in Episode Two or whatever it is through the streets of wherever they are. And no one can keep up with her. <laughs> it's like she's dead. She's, she's, <laughs> she's not solid like hedgehog. Like, she's amazing at running away. I mean, she gets caught every time, but she's, ama- she's pumping those goes little on legs. For far like, too long. Yeah. But that happens in the first episode when she's running through that forest. Oh, yeah, and yeah, those, yeah. Those, like, all those adults are like tripping on vines and like smacking well, their head. They, they it's just, like, this is a cartoon. What I think, the fuck is I going think going they on? just love the idea of jumping out in front of her and just going, huzzah! <laughs> I'm flee from the red hot chili peppers. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that's just so. Yeah, that stuff was really dumb. Yeah, but then like I think it encapsulated. It was I don't know. Was it the worst part of it was the uh, the the stormtroopers rushing the facility in the second to last episode, and they're just all walking through the door, and it like unfortunately descends into standard Star Wars affair when guns don't work apparently. (laughs) <laughs> like everyone's yeah. the, it's just a wall of stormtroopers and no one's hitting any of like barely any of them and no one's hitting this wall of rebels on the other side it's like what is wrong with these guns and then there's like the, the funniest bit for me was like when they were just they just the stormtroopers are just literally walking through this door and there's one shot of the um uh what is it the the turncoat lady um like the, the yeah, um, yeah, yeah and uh and, and she was, she's just standing there, like pretending to shoot stuff. And a stormtrooper just walks past her. <laughs> she's just able to just grab his head a little bit and just sort of jiggle it a bit and, <laughs> and twist it around a bit. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just, oh right, that stormtrooper's done. And it's just like, but she's just like standing there, and this, this, this guy just walks past her. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's like, did I? It's not as bad as the mods. I'm still, I still don't think it's as oh, bad no, as that. No, scene. No, that no. was that. That was. A- appalling that the fucking everything about the mods on Tatooine and the way that they are the way that they were dressed and the the thing and then the, the sequence with them just literally everything about them was terrible <laughs> terrible idea not Star Wars at all but anyway oh, at I least I saw Stormtroopers being useless is 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 fairly true is Star Wars. yeah <laughs> yeah uh I, I so hope. Well, I, 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 what you could could you argue that stormtrooper just couldn't see her because of the narrow vision of the helmets or something? Like just, just walk past and like doopy doo. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, that is one thing about the original stormtrooper armor is like it doesn't look like they can see very well. No, and they're always bumping their head like in the original <laughs> yeah, the uh, episode on the door. Yeah. 
Don't. My, my, my plot hole that I don't know if anyone's talked about, but I think it's really dumb. I don't know if it's a plot hole, but like, because uh, I'm concerned with the canon for some reason. That's the thing that annoyed me. I'm afraid. I'm sorry, but I don't have to. I don't, you know, it's okay if I didn't like it. It's fine. But, you know, other people can enjoy it. But like, but like, they're, they're in one of those weird slow speed chases, just like <laughs> The Last Jedi, <laughs> where, where their, their spaceship is being chased by a Star oh, yeah, Destroyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then. It, it, Obi-Wan's like, I've got to leave. Like, they, it's me that, that he's after. You'll be okay if I leave. Fine, whatever. So he, the, he gets in a tiny shuttle that's smaller than their own ship that's falling mm. apart and, and goes out and he goes to the, like, the nearest planet, right? Or whatever, and, and draws away Darth Vader, right? But then after everything else, he, th- he takes off in that little tiny little shuttle, which is small enough to fit in their small spaceship. That's mm. where he got it, right? He takes off in that little shuttle and then, oh, conveniently, it does have a hyperdrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he can, he can fly wherever he wants. So he flies to wherever, where does he go? Tatooine, I guess, next. Or yeah, I think so. But, th- but, but then at the end of the show, he needs to like say goodbye to Leia or something. So he flies that, he, t- he takes the same that shuttle ship, and he hypers, yeah. he takes it to Alderaan and then meets Leia and says, says goodbye and then takes it back. So meanwhile, t- so he builds his hut or whatever on Tatooine. He's got a spaceship with a hyperdrive <laughs> and then, and then it gets to a new hope and he's like, how am I going to get to Alderaan? I've got to mm. take these plans to Alderaan. If only I had a shuttle that could hyperspace to Alderaan, which is exactly what I've just done. But then, years, you know, maybe, the, maybe it needs its repairs over all that time, but it's like, why does he need the Millennium Falcon? Like, can't he just, why does he need Luke and everyone? Can he just fly to Alderaan in his little shuttle and take R2-D2 with him? And then, I mean, is that right at the end? Like, it is right at the end of Overwan, like he's back on Tatooine clearing his place, right? And then that's when... Or does that happen before the last bit? I can't remember. Um, no, because he goes and he says hello there, doesn't he? To, to, oh, to yeah, but, but at that point he doesn't have a ship, does he? Because he's in the middle of nowhere. Like, maybe something happened well, between those back? two shots. But he, maybe he, he gave back it back to the rules. I don't know. <laughs> right. And then... There is, a, there, is a oh, time, there is a slight gap there where something could have happened and that he doesn't have the ship anymore. But you're right, it's not mentioned, so... So it could be that, like, he, I think because he left Leia on a landing pad. So did he take off in, in that ship? I don't know. Maybe his Jawa remember. friend stole it from him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe <laughs> there's any kind of explanation. Like, uh, he, it, you know, he landed it and he hid it, but then it got found by Jawas and he was like, yeah. oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> Probably. That's uh, quite likely. Unfortunately, this this sort of reasoning is the same sort of reasoning that people employed, like, oh, the third sister figured out what the boy was about. And it's like, no, yeah. I mean, there's no, mm. uh, I mean, it's anyway, not on screen. I, just, I don't care. <laughs> I just thought that was that that was funny. The, 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 I don't know if anyone else has talked about that that particular one, but it's I'll like he's got that. a little that's, that's a good he's got a little spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> Why does he need the Millennium Falcon? Okay, what the so. hell was going on with the scene where that thing the 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 the, the refugee ship actually took off as, as well? Because oh, the, God, they take so one stupid. off, Vader grabs it, pulls it to the ground, and then somehow there's another one hiding behind it. I think, I yeah, that one was like a trick one or something. Like a distraction. Like what? It, like, but it just like how did, how would that scene work? Because there would have been another ship on the landing pad or something while Vader was tearing apart this other one for the other one. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it and doesn't also, make any sense. Also, and he's so not, OP. Like, did they not realize that they were reusing the same joke they used in the actual film? Or was that intentional? Oh, what, the one with, with Ray? Yeah. There's, there's another ship. It was just around the oh, corner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they just did that. It's like, oh, Chewbacca wasn't on that ship that you like force grabbed. He yeah. was on another one. He was on another uh, one. 
And then, of course, Darth Vader is so OP there that, like, why didn't he just grab, if he really wanted to catch, you know, Han Solo or whatever, why didn't he just grab the Millennium Falcon when he saw oh, it yeah. leaving Echo yeah. Base? Yeah. He could have just reached out and just just grabbed it. I mean, he literally watches it in Empire Strikes Back fly out of the hangar, right? Maybe the Millennium Falcon has secret force shielding. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe that's why it's sort of why it's sort of ridiculously overpowered ship, even though it's just a piece of crap. Yeah. I mean, considering it could barely, you know, they were trying to repair it at the time and yeah. it only just had engines. Like, I don't know if the force shielding would be operational. Well, maybe it's not, doesn't have to be powered. Maybe it's just like, maybe there's just like biological material that it's coated inside the ship. It's just one of those, transmits we- the force. Yeah. it's just one of those weird crystals buried in it yeah. somewhere that no one's ever found. Maybe it's the spirit of like fucking Phoebe Waller Bridges droid from solo a star wars (laughs) story that has the force that has merged with the millennium falcon and it's her like feminist energy that can protect the ship yeah because isn't she like the system's navigator now but like so fucking something like that she's got he's got flea bag shields that's that's the trick Oh my god! Sorry, Star Wars. Fucking oh my god! Uh, but like each time, it's like you seen the trailer for Andor. I haven't. No, that's the next series. And like one, th- I mean, one thing about this is it seems to have been filmed like in the real world and not in the volume. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it looks a bit more, a bit less computer gamey, you know. So, but I, I, I don't know. honestly, that's I have no have, have no problem with how any of the last few you know how those series have looked any of the volume series i think they look fine like uh, i mean you could kind of especially in that bit with the red stormtroopers in obi-wan attacking the you know going through that door and everything and that that, the rebel base is like a circle (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) with the people in it and then the walls it's just a big hangar Uh, like (laughs) yeah yeah exactly but it's kind of the exact shape of that studio which is kind of annoying kind of weird but it's way bigger than the shape of that studio though isn't it like the volume's not well yeah but yeah because it's projected and 3d yeah anyway i suppose it's only if you're looking for it but yeah yeah yeah. i've never had a problem with with the how the tech looks and that stuff it's always looked fine to me yeah um, um, yeah, but but yeah, it's like every time it's like, oh, well, maybe this one will be good. And it's like, oh, I don't know. It's like, do you think they're just crapping I'm, them out I'm, of it I'm too good. fast? Like, oh, yeah. Like if they slowed down a bit and actually spent a bit of time, a bit more time in I pre-pro mean, trying to like actually. Because this is what happened with the films. They crapped them out too fast and then they had to reel it, reel it all back in. And then this will be the same where they had success with their first TV show and they'll mm. just go, they'll do too much. Disney and then they'll have to reel, and, reel it in. Yeah. Yeah. Because they want, they always wanted Star Wars to be the other Marvel or whatever. Sure. And Star Wars can't quite hold up, can't can do I mean, a lot, but it, it can't do as much as Marvel. It, no, it, it just doesn't have as much content. It's like it's it's simple no. as that, right? That, that its universe just doesn't have as much content as, as and like as Marvel. the the Marvel universe, like you can. It's much more malleable, you know. You can do like the multiverse stuff in there, and it doesn't, you know, because it's comic books. Yeah, Star Wars is has to be a bit more consistent. Uh, Hell yeah, you, you know, can do to, pretty much to anything to Marvel films, and nobody cares. It's fine. 
Yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, nobody's nobody's really there for the hardcore canon of it all. Like, okay, yeah, some people are. But yeah, those but, are the but, kind but of people even, that are going to forgive it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Even that, even they aren't too worried. I mean, I've spoken to some seriously no. hardcore people before. Like, like I recently spoke to a guy who was um, doing them all, but in chronological order as opposed to release order. If that makes sense. Oh, what's the first one? Uh, um, Captain America. Captain America. And yeah. and Agent Carter and I guess and that like, those that stuff that's technically where you begin. Um, where you start, and then There's and then nothing you're before pre World War Two. Yeah, the, yeah. And the then you're, and then I, then I guess you're in not long into Captain Marvel from there. Um, really, there's nothing between World War Two and the nineties. Yeah, I suppose. Oh, I suppose ah, oh, you could argue Guardians of the Galaxy. Ah, oh, but no, I guess that takes place in like modern day because it unless like right. really the bulk yeah. of the story takes place in right. the, in. The twenty tens, yeah. mostly, yeah, yeah. I wonder why there aren't more kind of retro ones. I suppose Captain Marvel was the Ooh. first, you know, serious one. But, yeah, when does Black Widow yeah. take place? That's that's early as well. So that's somewhere in the mix. Not that early though. Not super early. Place... No. I mean, that'll be between no, Iron Man one and two, and those are early, right? In the technic, sort of, in the timeline of Marvel films. Yeah, because they are, you know, contemporary of the time they came out, which is now ages ago. Yeah. Right. Because Iron Man 1 is set in the war on terror, like post yes. 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. Or post Iraq kind of war, kind of Afghanistan war kind of time. Anyway, as, uh, what I'm trying to yeah. say, so yeah, so I spoke to someone who was, who was sort of about that stuff. And while he nitpicks the details on it, ultimately, it's like, still don't care. They're still fun. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, like he yeah, knows yeah. the problems. He knew he could he could tear them apart if he wanted to, but it didn't. It wasn't yeah. a, wasn't a problem. Yeah, I I just think think don't think Star Wars can hold up to that. Um, it's not that flexible. Um, but anyway, they've done stuff that's totally broken it, and like that annoys me. But other people enjoy, so that <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, the prequels were bad. Let's face. I mean, straight up bad. So I mean, it's already ruined. <laughs> I still like the Mandalorian season one. It was good. Season two is good. If you ask yeah, me, yeah, season two is good too. And the Mando yeah. content in Boba Fett is good, but like just the Mando content in Boba Fett. Yeah. Well, so is it Boba now? Is that officially how is you're supposed to say it? I don't know. It's not consistent, is it? I mean, it was Boba in episode two. Right, Boba was your father in. <laughs> like my impression of one Boba. of the Caminoans. Yep, <laughs> that classic Boba Fett line. Yep, yep. Was I was I talking to you? Was this on the podcast? But um, I, I think that Boba Fett's character should be because he doesn't. You know, he's barely in. The, the original films and so mm. it's like he's just a costume people say or whatever and he was cool but he does have a character which you know it's but there's not much there no but like but they should have uh, left it at that well if they were going to do him like i think his character is straight up just the bad angel eyes from the good the bad and the ugly right that right. is boba fett okay and that's who but instead they uh, what they they did was well they gave him like a totally different character where he's like honorable or something which is ridiculous because he's not honorable in mm. him yeah um but they they did make a character that is 
the bad from the good and the bad and the ugly in the cartoon and it's cad bane right and that's the guy that they brought in as the baddie in at the end of of um book of boba fett that nobody that if you haven't seen the cartoon oh, you don't know who he is the blind, right. the blue face and yeah. like yeah and it's like that character is what boba fett should be like right, right? yeah like ruthless kind of well ruthless yeah he should just be in my head, Boba Fett should really be kind of like how the characters in Cowboy Bebop are, but like, as in they're just there to get the job done, and they don't care. That's right. all. That's all. That's all. Boba Fett should have been to me. Yeah. Like, like yeah. He's, he's just there to do the job because he obviously clearly doesn't care about the fact that he's wearing Mandalorian army and isn't a Mandalorian, you know that kind of stuff. And it's like yeah. he just doesn't care, and that. That should have been all his character ever was, and he would have remained yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. He is uh, no longer no. cool. <laughs> no, no, no. There was, there was no saving not. him. <laughs> no. I mean, the moment when the Slave One appeared in the sky in the Mandalorian, end of Mandalorian season one, was it? Um, yeah. When the Slave One appeared flying, when, when uh, you know, Mando and Baby Yoda's on the jedi temple thing mm. and you see slave one i was like that was really cool i was like oh my god that and scary seeing slave one because yeah but then when you actually see the guy <laughs> he's kind of fat yeah. <laughs> and it's like and that was the moment where it's like okay sorry boba fett no longer cool i mean sure boba fett got old <laughs> like i can yeah, there's, yeah there's, that's there's, fine yeah there's i don't know there's, there is something to that but like it just Mm. yeah yeah anyway I don't, I don't know anyway star wars sometimes it's better to just leave characters where they were and leave them be you don't have to keep bringing back old characters you just you just don't have to do it i don't know i think you especially don't have to do it in star wars but they keep doing it mm. like i don't know mando is a good good is a good indication that you could just introduce new people and it would be fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that was the great thing about everyone was worried about it. It's like they're just going to do the Boba Fett before they made any of these TV shows. It's like, well, they're going to do the Boba Fett show, but they won't do Boba Fett. They'll just st- use the armor, which is the cool part of Boba Fett, and make a new character. And it's like, is that going to work? And it turns out, yeah, it worked great. <laughs> mm. Talking uh, really about uh, let's curtail this a little bit. Talked about uh, yeah, Cowboy fair. Bebop. We finished that finally. Oh, you did. We finally got around to finishing it off. I'm now kind of. Okay, yeah, it's weird, especially the ending part of what where, where they got to with season one. But I'm now more mm-hmm. intrigued than ever about what season two would have been had they not cancelled oh. it because it's they've gone so far off now, like kind of what the original plot was, right? Uh, that it's just like, oh, this is now actually really interesting. Like, vicious isn't the big bad at the end of season one. Ah, okay, like. Okay, spoilers, you're never going to watch it, I guess. No, no. Julia is the bad guy at the end of season oh, one. Oh, wow. I know. <laughs> okay. But everyone knows Spike's background as well, and they only just get around to introducing Ed in the final scene. And it's uh, Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no. And it's just, okay. and it's just like, oh, I'm actually really interested what you were going to do with this now. I mean, maybe they mm. didn't know, but I kind of hope they did, because it's weird. I don't know. It got increasingly less Cowboy Bebop as the show went on. Mm. Um, 
like it lost that edge i think um it lost that cool that uh that aloofness i suppose that it has um yeah uh but i was still, I still enjoyed it all the way to the end even if the dutch oh, camera well, angles were getting a bit much oh no not dutch angles all <laughs> dutch uh everything's wonky <laughs> There's this. There's even HBO some crane series. wonk going on in some shots where the a wonky crane movement is happening, and it's like this is weird. <laughs> I don't. They're really distracting Dutch angles. I don't. I don't know. I, I. I know. I get. Obviously, it's a stylistic thing, but it's like, oh, it's pretty irritating pretty quickly. It definitely works in some shots, like, but they use yeah. it too much. Like, I don't know. I, I, I get why they're doing it because, right, comic books are often drawn at yeah, Dutch angles, yeah, right? So that's, yeah. that's kind of where, I guess, where they're coming from to try and recreate some of that. But, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, there's some shots where it definitely works, but they they overuse it. They totally overuse it. I was watching a random video about some film. I don't even remember what film it was. But they were complaining about this, about the weirdest, like, camera shot they've ever seen, where it was like, it's a shot of two people talking over a table, and it's cutting between, like, ca- cameras that are looking at each of them. But every time it cuts between them, the camera is moving sideways. So every time it cuts, it's like the camera resets the middle and then pans across each person as they're talking from the middle outwards. <laughs> every time it switches between them, every sentence, the camera, like, resets and pans across again. It's like, why would you do that? That is, quite, that is quite strange. So where... Where's the camera in the middle? Yeah, the camera basically starts in the middle. Well, it's always only looking at one of them, so you never see both of them in the same shot, but it starts like closer to the middle of the table they're sitting across and then like pans outwards away from the center, but like in each direction when each of them are talking. (laughs) So each time it cuts, it's like the camera goes back to the middle. (laughs) So it's sort of a woof, woof, woof. It's like weird, weird, weird camera movement. I mean, it's a. I mean, if you're going to try and come up with a new style, kudos <laughs> to coming up random things. Yeah, kudos for coming random up with camera movement. Yeah, something that uh, would have been cooler if one of them had gone up and one of them had gone down. And you just like you pan further over them gradually <laughs> for each shot. I mean, it's not that uncommon a shot in anime, right? Is it to to if two people are literally just talking to each other, they'll like have a fairly large close up and a slow pan. As there, yeah, especially in heated moments, mm. probably not as much pan as this shot. I mean. <laughs> no, but not by the way you're describing it. <laughs> what was this? What, what show was this in? I or? don't even remember. Do you, uh, <laughs> it's just like some random video I was watching about some random movie. I mean, I'm gonna vaguely try and search for this. Like, I'm sure gonna find it. <laughs> I tried to watch years ago. There was an HBO show that was like a historical drama about the American Revolution. It was about John Adams, and it, it, it literally it had loads of good um, people in it. There was like Paul Giamatti as John Adams. Uh, so you'd think that would be quite a traditional, straightforward thing, but it was just Dutch angles constantly, and it was just so distracting. I mean, I guess you could argue that is traditional, unfortunately. Do you think? <laughs> It's like they could. It's like the cameras were set up all wonky to fill these. And maybe they just wanted to, you know, stand out from your average like historic period drama. But like, a historical drama, but with all shaky cam. Because yeah, as yeah. if we were filming this somehow. Yeah, with a with a yeah, with a video camera recorder. <laughs> I mean, that kind of worked in Battlestar Galactica. It had like shaky cam in space mm. or whatever. That worked surprisingly well. Uh, 
but yeah, it did not work for me in uh, HBO's. That's quite quite old that miniseries now. But uh, yeah, it's kind of distracting to say the least. Like my initial search definitely <laughs> didn't find it. It found something described as a superb panning shot, but not a uh, <laughs> not a bad one. No, not a bad one. <laughs> Anime direction and over direction. Anyway. Anyway, oh, that's our those are my adventures in television and film. TV and film chat. Um we got any ga- got any game chat. Today? I've, got, I've got some game adjacent thing that I want to talk to Zach about because it's just this oh, just yeah. this just made me laugh. I lost it a little bit. <laughs> we were coming out of the McDonald's drive through right. at Stone Market Tesco's. Yeah. And um just as we were coming out, there's this big old banner across the end of the end of the drive-through that had. I mean, I kid you not, it didn't have a lot on it other than what was a, a little Pokemon logo, logo in the top left, like the word Pokemon, a picture of Pikachu in that left-hand slot, and then in the middle, the word Melon, <laughs> <laughs> and not a lot else. Okay. It's just, it's like, I'm pretty sure that's a Pikachu. That's not Melon. <laughs> I think they're trying to like advertise the fact that they have new melon bags, like as a thing for right. like a side. For, but there was just just the, this banner was just so weird. Just a picture of Pikachu and the word melon. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> twisting my melon, man! <laughs> melon, melon. <laughs> no, uh, I did. I was. I was getting. Yeah. No, you wouldn't have heard that, but they just said I was giggling all the whole way home, and it's like, yep, that's that's true. Melon, melon. It only works if it was a a yellow coloured melon, I guess. A yellow melon. I mean, the banner was yellow, but <laughs> well, because I had Pikachu on it. and McDonald's yellow, I yeah, guess. Also, melon. Uh, what's happening in video games then? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I love the fact that Zach says nothing while yawning. Yep. So you know. <laughs> it's quite predictable. Ooh, we ask, uh, oh, what you've been up to? The combination of yawn with the word nothing always. This, this time, I mean, I guess there was the Splatoon Direct. I guess that is one Splatoon thing. Direct. There has been one thing that happened. It's probably the newsiest news that news. Yep. That's of interest to us. At so least. what is the Splatoon 3 news news? They Not fucking much. news. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> wanted to, if you were a fan of Splatoon, you wanted to get significantly unhyped about the next game. Watch this direct. <laughs> so it's Aww. it's an unhyping direct. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's tricky because so yeah, Nintendo did a deep dive direct. Nintendo did what Nintendo does, which is describe every minute thing in excruciating detail Slightly the too third much. game of a series yeah this didn't need this this really didn't need the full on uh, half hour uh, here's everything we've got in the game well I mean it could still have been a half hour but maybe focusing on some more specific things and not fucking everything I don't know I don't know I don't think they should have done well, I, no. I think they literally should have made it, made it a quick 10 minutes talk about what's new and leave it at that um, because they went to like everything that Splatoon is. Like, here's how Turf War works. Here's how, uh, here's what Splatfests are. Here's your guns. Here's what. You, here's how the shopping stuff. Yep, here's every shop. Here's everything that's been the same. Yep. <laughs> in all 
previous games. Uh, and they went through that a little too much. Here's a campaign. Here's a dude in a vent, like, or a manhole cover, like, in the same way that you access the campaign in Splatoon 2. Like, it's the same, isn't it? Isn't it? Yep. Uh, that's the problem. It's like, it's mostly the same. It's too the same. Um, which, yeah, for, for people wanting, like, a, like, hey, it's the third in the series. It's like, okay, two was a refinement of the first. That's fine. Um, and you know, moving off the Wii U to the Switch, kind of a kind of an okay deal, right? Sp- yeah. Splatoon two, you can get away with that. Um, uh, Splatoon three, though, I'm not sure they're getting away with it as much this time. Well, according to the YouTube comments, they are. I went and looked at the YouTube comments, and I was expecting quite a lot of people shitting on it, but it was just everyone was super enthusiastic, and I was like, what? <laughs> what? How, how are you? I mean, there was I, like I read a comment where it's just like, wow, there's going to be. 12 maps at launch this is so much and I'm like well yeah I can go to like Splatoon 2 technically that's definitely higher than any Splatoon game has launched with (laughs) but also coming from Splatoon 2 where we've had all the maps Mm. for the longest period of time and also they're literally using some of the old maps in Splatoon 3 they are yeah some of them so why not all of them (laughs) yeah and also, like the the shots they used to demonstrate some of those maps, and some of the environments in general were questionable choices. Yes, like they're still they're still using weird animation interpolation or lack thereof. They're using like the an LO, the degradation of animation at distance, yeah. or not even at distance. And that was the problem with these shots. It's like they were like the pan was happening at sixty frames per second, but they had like some dudes animating in the foreground running at like. 10 yeah. or something ridiculous and it just it just looked really strange and it's like we hope that was a like oh they just placed the camera somewhere so different been, from yeah just to make a nice shot and it's like the LOD system didn't kick in properly um, to make that shot and it's like but just a slightly ropey way of showing your game in a in a direct um, and also why are they using this animation technique like I don't We've think never known I I can't believe that like decreasing I mean a lot of games do it right it's yeah. not it's not that uncommon but I can't believe that it saves you a huge amount of power that unless you're doing some really complex animation stuff I don't know I don't even think you can get away with it like maybe if you're doing an open world game it makes sense right well, and, if, and there are large what... draw distances cuz Halo Infinite does it right and right. um uh but it's I don't think they can get away with it here. I mean, they didn't get away with it in that last Kirby game. No. Uh, and it, 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 much less bad in that game, I guess. No, there are bits of that. I've seen some like bits of gameplay from that last Kirby game, and it just looks 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 awful. <laughs> like, why did you make that choice? It's like, I, I don't get it. Um, anywho, I'm not a fan of that technique, and it's uh, I, I especially don't think it works here. Um, it was just a weird choice. Um, but well, what is new? What well, is? You've got a real lobby now, I guess. A real lobby, yes. So this is this is actually one of the major improvements that I think. <laughs> a UI improvement, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, kind of, because the the lobby now actually isn't just you sitting and waiting for something to happen. Um, it is a little more interactive. Loadouts are a thing now, thank God. Like they should have been in there since day one. Um, from Splatoon 1, mm. and it's like, but that's now a thing. You can set up a loadout. You can set up five loadouts and switch between them. Um, I don't think in the middle of a match, but at least prior to a match. So that's great, because that means in theory, I don't know, depending on... They didn't show this part, and this is actually a crucial detail of this. It's like, depending on how that lobby system works, 
if you're joining a round, it would be nice to see what your teammates have mm. and then give you a brief window to swap to another loadout if it doesn't gel. Yeah, because they when they did show joining someone, it had like the name list, but I don't think there was any other icons associated with that, like yeah. loadout icons or whatever. So, so that that this is this has always been a flaw of the first two games is you could end up with a team with nothing but snipers if you're unlucky right yeah. and it's like and uh whereas team balance is actually kind of it's kind of a deal it's like sure you can create some weird ass games if everyone's playing melee class um but it would be nice if you had the option like it should show you what your team is before you get to go into a match um but they didn't show that part so I bet or, it's still or if not they a did, thing. It only showed it for like a few frames because yeah. they very only very briefly showed those joining dialogues. Yeah. Um, so the lobby also is like the lobby's also your test <laughs> arena now, so you can actually just muck around and shoot the guns whilst waiting for a match to start. Um, stuff like that. So that's an improvement over Splatoon Two, especially. I kind of wish they went back to the Splatoon 1 thing myself, which is like on the Wii U version, the second screen would become like a little uh, little NES style game. Like it had a version of Doodle Jump, but it was like Squid Jump. But their new minigame is far too complicated for being a loading game because oh, they put a card game they've in. Put, they've put a CCG in Splatoon. This is their biggest new feature almost. Yeah. There's, a, there's a CCG in Splatoon now, um, <laughs> which is properly weird. I don't. I, I have no no opinions on this thus yeah. far. It's just just the fact that it exists is strange. I mean, yeah, it's another thing to do, I guess. Another thing to collect. Another reason to keep playing for stuff to get. Mm, maybe depending on how that unlock system works. Um, because there's now a lobby, they've added the ability for you to customize a locker pointlessly. Yep, really pointlessly. I can look at it. I mean, I kind of get on board with like games that have the ability to set a banner and a, lo- a label for them. So when you get like you were killed by, it's like it's still stylized in their particular way. That's fine. I'm okay with that. The locker, like, what's the point in that? It's like I'm going to put a skateboard in there that I can't ride, <laughs> and someone else might choose to look at it before a match. Maybe. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it's hella fresh. <laughs> Who cares? I mean, the locker should have been the banner. Like, when you get killed by someone, like, the oh, locker, locker slams comes. down and opens up and <laughs> shows you what's in it. Oh, that, see, that would have been great, yeah. Like, <laughs> it, like, it, like, but do a real weird stylistic thing, like, it, like instead of the banner being a horizontal thing, like, it slams down on one side of the screen and was like, boom, yeah. you were killed by this guy. Yeah, they could have done something real cool with And that. it would have made the fact that the stuff in the locker appears to have physics make some kind of sense. Oh, damn. <laughs> That's actually a really good idea. <laughs> So those those are those are improvements. <laughs> yeah, those are basically the only new things. I mean, uh, new boss salmonids in Salmon Run. Sure, but they've already shown that. Salmon, I mean, Salmon Run's back. That's a good thing. But um, they haven't mentioned how the scheduling is going to work. They have is, mentioned that like it's still a two map rotation on the modes. Yes, on the yeah, normal modes. The same Splatoon. Uh, uh, you know how you know what levels people are playing Which, is, is know, still that's, still a thing. That's worrying for Salmon Run. <laughs> Yeah, because Salmon, for those that don't know, Salmon Run in Splatoon 2 suffered from having weird availability windows. So, like, it, it just you just couldn't play it. It was like one day in free or something, right? Something like that. It was really strange. Um, so, it meant, yeah, it just meant sometimes you weren't actually able to play it. Um, 
uh, or at least on in, in, properly online and earn stuff from yes, it. You, you know, could do local games. You could, but you wouldn't earn anything from no. that. Like those were just for for the lols, um, which Zach and I used to do in fairness. But like when, when Salmon Run wasn't available, um, but that sucks because then you can only have as many people as you have locally. Yeah, you can't get fill in the extra slots. Yeah. So they they haven't said anything about how that's going to work. For the love of God, just unlock it. Like the schedule made no sense. Yeah, but the, the whole schedule of two maps doesn't make any sense anyway. We've always said they should have got rid of that in or at least, two, or at least make it three. Like, yes, well, I mean that is also what we actually said about Splatoon two. Is like it was it was an acceptable thing to do at the start where there weren't very many maps. Yeah, and then as they added more maps, it was like, well, why not expand at least the number of maps that you can choose from? And it always was expanded to three during a Splatfest anyway, because they threw in the extra the weird map, the weird map on our Splatfest. Yeah, the experimental map. Um, and also it's Splatoon three. You know, yep. just just make it three. Um, <laughs> Because we don't do a valve and get stuck at two. Because we haven't talked about the other elements. Okay, there's three presenters now, and uh, uh, they showed. They, oh, there's three now. Yeah, they played. They played. I'm not sure I'm into them as much no. as the previous ones. But then I said that about Splatoon two. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, no, it's been downhill since the start. Yeah. Oh, I, gr- I grew into. Um, oh, I can't even remember their name. No, exactly. They're not Callie and Marie. No. they're not the Squid Sisters. It's not a funny pun. <laughs> you know, um, Callie and Marie, <laughs> the Squid Sisters. Uh, what were they? What were they even called? Like, uh, M- well, Marina. <laughs> and- Marina was definitely one. Yeah. Um, I don't the Octo Girl. Um, no, what was their band Marina. name? Even like, no. anyway, they're deep cut. The new got the new one. They've got like a manta ray dude. They've got a dude as a as a presenter. Well, theoretically, dude. Can't <laughs> he's, say for sure. he's just a manta ray. But they call him Big, Big Man. man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, apparently in, in, the, in the world, he just says A, which then everyone understands because it then translates it in brackets. Um, but I really wish his vocal sample was literally just A, like the fuck. Because <laughs> that would have been funny <laughs> whenever they speak to him. A. Nope. And I'm not sure. I mean, they played the Splatfest song as well, didn't they, in this in this thing? And I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure I'm as into that as previous ones. Um, eh. It's got a slightly more Asian slant to it, the yes. whole thing, which is which is fine. I don't mind that. Um, uh, well, and the, well, what's the other three? The tricolor battle, which we don't really understand, even though they tried to explain it. It just seems weird. So they've described Splatfests as being like a two-phase thing now. So you go through the initial phase, which is has always been pick a team, you fight for your team during the Splatfest, uh, right. and that adds to... Uh, 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 that adds to some tappy. Yes, like there's um, a score based on wins and stuff like that. Um, uh, and you used to pick one of two sides. Like, what's better, ketchup or mustard? Right. That was that was like the first Splatfest, I think, or maybe the first for Splatoon Two, something like that. It was like pick ketchup or mustard. You pick your team and you fight for the mustard rights. Uh, then uh, this time they're making you pick three teams. So there's three things to choose from, but during the turf war, there's only two teams. Ah, so what do they do? In the second phase of Splatfest, there's now these weird tricolor battles, but they seem really strange because it seems like the winning team, so at the moment, gets to go on a four-player team, but they start in the middle of the map and are then sandwiched between two two two-player teams from the other two factions. And it's just... Right. And I'm like, well, how on earth does that... 
are they are they assuming that the four in the middle are just going to get trounced because they're in the middle and that there's stuff coming at them from all sides but i'm i'm still thinking it's like hey those four players still feel to me like they're going to have a massive advantage here yeah well um, i mean the obvious question really is like is is there just is there just going to automatically be an unspoken agreement between the two other teams that you don't shoot each other? Yeah. <laughs> and you have to concentrate on the one that's winning. I think that's the intent though, right? Isn't well, it? Yeah. yeah. But then that, then those teams are just not going to win because that's the whole point of this section is they've got to, you've got but to take out. The, but they've still got to like win against each other yeah, to, like, to actually to... push the boundary in their favor, not just against the, the winning teams, you know, the four player. So team. they're going to have to fight on some level. <laughs> I mean that might be interesting had they just done that, but then they might as well just done a done a normal two team game, right? At that point, like, where it's it's turf war, but two members from like one of the teams is two well, members yes. of one team and two members of the other team, and it's until until the losing team have lost enough points or something through this battle that they're no longer the winning team, and one of the other teams takes over as the winning team. Da 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 da. That probably would have been too much server yeah, and upkeep it's all, for it's Nintendo. All too, all too yeah. complicated for this system. I've got no idea how those are going to work, but we might find out next weekend because there's a um, uh, a preview. What do, what do they call it this time? It's not the test splat or whatever they call test fire that they've called it in the past. They're actually running a splat fest as their well, they, demo. They did I last suppose. time, didn't they? It was actually a splat fest. No, wait, it's, I guess splat fest didn't exist. It was kind of like a splat fest though. Splat fest would have existed for two because it like the test fire for Splatoon one definitely wasn't. That was just straight up turf wars, and splat fest came later to. Splatoon 1. Well, sure. Um, but did, did Splatfest exist right at the start of Splatoon 2? Near enough. But maybe not at test. Maybe they introduced it like a month later or something. Because they weren't that frequent, were they? Anywho. Yeah, so the, the first Splatfest for Splatoon 3 is technically the demo. So get in on that next weekend. You might as well. I don't think you have to buy the game to have access to it. So get in on it. I think that's all that's new in Splatoon 3 I mean they, they, they showed a tiny bit of the campaign but it looked like a campaign yeah they didn't show enough to be able to tell anything about it yeah. like even how it functions in um, terms of like level loading or whatever they've talked more about it in the past than they did here yep. um, you know that it's called like Return of the Mammalians or something and some of the Octo things you're shooting have hair for some reason. It's like, what is hair? <laughs> the only things we know of that have hair in this universe are the cats. <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> also, new amiibo, but they're still neglecting to put Jud or Little Jud in an amiibo, which I'm very sad about. What's the plural of amiibo? Amoeba? Um, no. <laughs> amoebe? <laughs> Amoebes? Amoebos? It probably is is just, just amiibo, amiibo, right? Yeah. I mean, or, or is it just amiibo for both? Yeah. Yeah. New amiibo. Yeah, I guess I don't say amiibos. New amiibo. Or do it, is it amiibo figures? Is that the official term? Is that how they always? I don't know. It, oh, just checking Wikipedia. Plural amiibo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here you go. Where's my Where's my Judd amiibo? That's all I'm talking about. I want that cat. I think if they make that, they have to do it like when they did the the special Yoshi ones and actually make a fabric one. Because obviously, if you're going to talk about hair in this, <laughs> right. you want the one thing that has hair to have hair. And what, they'd make it giant as well, like the Yoshi one Yeah, you was. might as well. <laughs> the Yoshi one was huge. 
but I mean, it's probably much easier to deal with the hair having on a large model. Maybe. <laughs> Trying to yeah. make a tiny ass one that was hairy would be kind of difficult, I imagine. I mean, they've sure got little, little penguins from like trade shows in the past. They've been like, a little, bit, little, bit, little bit fuzzy. But maybe not nice fuzzy. They were kind of scratchy, horrible fuzzy. <laughs> anyway, that was Splatoon 3. So, um, the bigger news, or such that it is. I mean, I'm still... To be perfectly honest, I am still hype because it's Splatoon. Yeah, of course. And I'm well up for some more Splatoon. Yeah, I mean, just having more Salmon Run would be... Yeah, exactly. However much right? more there is of that, even. I mean, I mean, there'll be yeah. fresh maps, presumably. They didn't really talk about the maps, but I don't think I didn't recognize any of them. So I assume it's all. Well, I all new. Have they even shown more than one? <laughs> like, I, sure. I think t- we've seen a couple. It's hard to tell. Um, so yeah, I'm still hyped. But I don't, but I don't like, want them but, to get rid of any of the maps. It's like they, it yeah. already had so few maps. Yeah, it needed it needed all of them and then some. Salmon Run. Salmon Run was unfortunately just that little bit undercooked. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, Splatoon three, and that's all the news, pretty much. <laughs> I have seen like a on on Twitter there was another like little run of people saying, "Hey, Hideki Naganuma should totally do the Splatoon soundtrack." <laughs> He's busy. <laughs> Well, we don't know how many songs he's doing for Bomb Rush, in fairness. At least two, apparently. That's all we know. I mean, that's a lot less than a Jet Set Radio project. <laughs> when is that coming out? Still unconfirmed. Nobody knows. <laughs> okay. Still might get pushed out of this year. Still might not score any points on our league. Oh, on our league. Oh, well. I and mean, that, yeah. Talking about games that are coming out, Sega aren't going to push Sonic Frontiers, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> so they say at this point. But that's what they've been saying, right? From, right from the almost, start. Yeah. They're like, this is the date. Whatever, this is wh- the game. Whatever, yeah. Whatever's up with it at that date, this is what, this is what you're getting. What is that date? What, they've said holiday. holiday. They yeah. haven't, I haven't, they they haven't said, actually said a date. Yeah, they haven't landed okay. on a specific, but it's like, it's, yeah, late this year. <laughs> Like frontiers. Uh, yeah, there's not much, is there? I mean, it's not much Do- we really understand enough about. There was Embracer buying Lord of the Rings, yeah. or at least the rights to everything. Before any, apparently, what, who are Embracer? Like the the Swedish. I mean, that's right. a real good what? question. <laughs> yeah, and how have they managed to swoop in and buy all the rights to all? I don't of know this where the money's come from. That's the thing, right? Yeah. I, I want I, perhaps I need to look into this at some point. But it's like, like, yeah, where is all the funding coming from Embracer Group? Because they are just buying everything. They're like the new Tencent, yep. right? Like, and you'd think like the Lord of the Rings, like or whatever, the Tolkien Estate or whoever it is, or Middle Earth Enterprises, or whatever. But the Tolkien mm. Estate—they've always been pretty protective and careful over who they license stuff to. And yet, like, maybe they just don't care anymore because, like, I think you know, I thought you know, I loved the Lord of the Rings movies, the Peter Jackson trilogy from mm. two thousand and one. I thought they were pretty. I mean, they're not totally faithful, but I thought they did probably probably as best a job as they they could do and yeah apparently like i think christopher tolkien hates those <laughs> films oh, really? and yeah and doesn't think they're so like if that's not good enough then what the heck else maybe they just don't care anymore maybe I he likes know. the hobbit more no i don't and we know. like I those mean, less oh and the world likes those less yeah those were not good um yeah i i don't know i just find it surprising uh, giving it to like a 
a games company in the first place. And like, uh, not that there aren't great, like uh, everyone loves those, uh, uh, you know, Shadow of Mordor games or whatever they're called. Oh, um, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, those Warner Brothers haven't or really come back to for quite a while now. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's that Gollum game in the works that's coming out maybe this year. Probably not got um, a Nemesis system. No, Nemesis system was, was cool. Um, but yeah, um, just find it surprising. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I mean, uh, the, the, the next big thing is that uh, I hadn't quite realized that, going back to TV, but I hadn't quite realized that it's head-to-head between Amazon Lord of the Rings and then the Game of Thrones prequel, which is coming out oh, basically the same time. more Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's starting like Monday. Oh, it's God. more Game of Thrones. And like apparently it might be good. So who knows? I mean I never watched I mean you, you haven't seen Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones right? Thrones, no. Okay. Yeah. I mean uh I mean, yeah, it was good in the middle for sure. Um it was it, it was enjoyable. Famously went wrong at the end, but I mean that doesn't negate the whole thing. Um but yeah, if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, you don't have to. <laughs> it's, it's not like, you know, there's certain things where it's like you kind of have to, you know, it, it would be worth it. But I think you would, you and Naomi would probably enjoy watching it if you if you fancy something to watch. I think uh, but you it depends don't if it keeps to. its bleakness because like... No, keeps not, its... No, the bleakness. The, oh, the, it's bleak, yeah. Because yeah, no one's not really into yeah. that. No, it's pretty bleak and violent and yeah. That, that that's kind of its thing in in some ways mm. is that it doesn't it doesn't care. Um, so like George R. 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 Martin came out saying that like Gandalf should have stayed dead. <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't have brought him back. <laughs> Things should have consequences. It's like that's that that's very much in the game of, in the game in Game of Thrones. They wouldn't. Yeah. Although who knows? Anyway, I mean, why didn't Vader uh, just straight up kill third sister? Isn't it like just? Oh, yeah. <laughs> why did they I stab mean, her with a lightsaber? Same, and she yeah. somehow. I mean, oh, that was a plot. Well, point. that was the funny part, wasn't it? Like she gets stabbed through the guts with a lightsaber, and then and then it's like, is she going to die? And then the guy that she stabbed through the guts with a lightsaber walks up to her and says, "Isn't it funny how if you're really angry, you can survive getting stabbed in the guts?" Apparently, <laughs> At that, that is, exact moment. Apparently, that is a thing, though, isn't it? Like it's like force force revenge or something right the will yeah. for revenge causes some amount of survival and that that's apparently a, i mean it's dumb but yeah i read somewhere that darth maul survived being cut in half yeah. yeah he did he did when did that happen in the cartoon because oh, like in the they cartoon to, right yeah they've got to bring him back because but it's in the film the solo a star wars story he turns up at the end right as a hologram uh, in a phone call he has a phone call with the uh, Khaleesi from Game of Thrones. I mean, I um, didn't know. I lost the thread of time at that point, but <laughs> I couldn't quite I mean, figure it was just out. A, it was just fan service or whatever. But mm. yeah, um, but that's the thing. He doesn't really have a character in... He's just no. a cool cool look. But then they bring him back with robot legs or whatever because he has the will to live, I guess. And then and then he is actually a character in, in the Clone Wars cartoon mm. um, that actually people like. Uh, and he has obviously a rivalry with Obi Wan because he freaking murdered Obi Wan Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, but he canonically is killed in the cartoon as well, in one of the later cartoons as well. Mm-hmm. He gets in a fight with uh, Obi Wan, kills him in the end. 
Um, will to survive. Yeah. Or oh, the will, will, the will of revenge. More, more important. More. <laughs> I mean, I think the, when you think about that scene from episode one, like arguably getting cut in half was the less uh, less yeah. deadly part of what happened to him, I mean, falling a, into a giant pit. That's a pretty big hole. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What part of him could have survived the impact of whatever he landed on? But Again. then, according to the fucking recent Star Wars film, the fucking Emperor survived, didn't he? Or did he survive? Or is that the same body? No, he's he like in the a clone, exploded? right? And then he like is it a clone? Yeah, I can't remember. I think that's what they say. Yeah, is that what they said? Oh yeah. But which clone is the real? But he's also gone <laughs> wrinkly and weird with his clone. So well, the, with like his clone. it was a bad clone or something, or like it didn't. They didn't take long enough. To fully oh finish that clone. God, that fucking film was so bad. <laughs> Unbelievable. No, obviously the the reason that he survives is the same reason that Luke survives when he falls in a giant hole. There was a second suction hole that completely swoops right. him in and slows him down nicely. <laughs> That's true. Some, yeah, kind, of, some that kind of trash hole we mean. That, that was extremely convenient that Cloud City had a like a, a slide, basically slide thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, falling down giant holes is, is definitely not fatal in Star Wars. <laughs> Everyone's um, superhero landings at some point. <laughs> but you'd think cutting half, getting cut in half. I mean, Luke lost his arm before he jumped down, yeah. down a giant hole. Well, but arm, I mean, hand, I guess. Hand, yeah, I suppose his hand. Uh, but Darth Maul lost his entire legs. I mean, as long as it was a low enough cut, it was probably fine. <laughs> uh, is it true that is it that like lightsabers automatically like cauterize a wound? Yeah. I mean, they, 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 don't, they don't bleed at all, do they? No, like, no. get stabbed right in the heart. No, no one, blood comes out. No one ever true. bleeds no in blood. Star Wars. There's no blood in Star Wars. Yeah, it's not. Is that true? Is there blood in any of the Star Wars? Don't think so. Uh, I might be like anyway. some from a lip at some point. Well, what about the dude who gets eaten by the the giant monster thing in Jabba's palace? Is there blood in that? I Non-human blood. But... I don't think they show it because he gets bitten directly. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite I mean, dark oh, in that yeah, scene. Yeah, as there's, well. there's definitely some blood because um, Tone Coat Lady looks at her wound from a blaster, and there's there's blood in her hand. It's not a huge amount of blood, but mm. there is some blood. Although that's an Obi-Wan, you know. Yeah. Not in the film. And I guess Kylo Ren punches his bandages. Is there blood in that? I think there is, right? Oh, what? It that shows seeping, seeping through. through. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's about as much as you get. That wasn't a lightsaber wound, was it? That was a blaster shot. Further mm. <laughs> <laughs> cementing that blasters suck. <laughs> And also, apparently, lasers don't cauterize wounds. Lasers don't cauterize, no. <laughs> Just laser swords. <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever you need it to do for the plot. <laughs> it's for the plot. Oh, are we done with news? I can't figure it out. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for what you've been playing. Zach, what have you been playing? Well, I'm going to have a nice short one this week because I haven't been playing basically anything. I've been playing some auction not included. Went back to that, even though I was in the middle of another going back to Factorio. I've been jumping around between these like 
games where it's where it's like I should probably try and continue one of these things so I don't forget what the fuck I'm doing. Except as we've previously discussed, I'm actually pretty good at just remembering things. Mm. Like even when mm. I went back to that Factorio game that I hadn't played for probably like a month, I was like, this is it took a while, but I was like, oh yeah, I I I, I remember what I was doing. <laughs> So going back to this oxygen not including game I played for a couple of months, I was like, what was I doing? Oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember. But yeah, I went back to that. Continued my late my I guess second DLC game. Hmm. But it's it's once again got to the point where everything is getting slow, not just like physically slow in like the game running slow, but also just like things are taking a long time. Oh I see. The grind is a bit worse. It's it's like I don't know. It, it, I might, it might just be like a balance problem, I guess, because it's just like I'm. Um, I think all three of my current bases have reached the point where I, it's like basically they're they're stable, and it's just like so. I'm getting to the point where people are going idle because I'm just like I don't know what to even do. So I'm having to like think up new projects for them to work on, but then I'm like. Am I, should I be working on like actual progress rather than random projects that I can think up for these bases? Cause it's like, I have these three bases, but I, you know, I've already seen like another three different asteroids that I could theoretically start a base on. Mm. But I'm like, what is my long term goals? What should I actually be doing instead of these random other things that I'm coming up with? I mean, technically these projects are slightly useful. Like my main base doesn't really have a proper power source. Except that's not even the project that I'm doing there. I'm doing like a red. I've just been working on like capturing some metal volcanoes just just to get free metal. Not that I particularly need that. And actually, in my main in the main base, I've sort of been waiting for a previous project to like finish, sort of. Except it's not like the construction. It's like I set up this thing where where I, where I needed some steam to run a steam engine rocket. So I was like, I need to get some steam. So I was just like, okay, I need to boil some water and then get some steam. But then I was like, well, if I I could just dump water in here and boil it, and that would be fine. But that's like a big waste of energy. Like, why would I bother heating water up from zero to a hundred and just by just pumping energy into it mm. when I can use that water in a metal refinery and that will heat it up first, like a preheat, and also I'll be able to refine some metal at the same time. It's like, okay, I'll do that. But then I was like. But I can also use polluted water to, instead of regular water in the metal refinery. And then when I boil the polluted water, the like dirt comes out of the polluted water and just drops as an item. So I'm also turning the polluted water into normal water and refining metal and getting the steam that I need. <laughs> so I set that all up, but then I had like a way too much polluted water. And I'm just like, I'm going to commit to this. I'm just going to fill put all of this polluted water I have through this whole system, refined like fucking 60 tonnes of gold mm. while uh, while processing all this water. And it's just been taking forever to just get through it all because it's, mm. I, you know. So just, do you not get the pollutants out of the water? Well, they drop as like dirt. Like oh, dirt right. comes out when it turns into steam. It's just dirt water. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> It technically should be like polluted dirt, really. Yeah. Not just dirt dirt. Because that sounds like a way of like actually solving a pollution problem. Well, I mean, it is. Yeah. It's a very heat intensive way of solving the problem. Because okay. <laughs> then you'd also have to like cool the dirt down afterwards as well. <laughs> That's a future problem for my system. 
once I've got through all this polluted water and I can just demolish it, I've also built it like on the edge of space. So when I'm done with it, I can just demolish it and just let all the heat, all the excess steam out. Mm. Not that there will be any excess steam because I'm, I'm turning it back into water. But then also the metal refineries are heating up the top of my base. So now I'm like, well, I need to use this water that I've made and already pre-cooled to recool the base. Mm. So I'm like, I'm processing a lot of water that I've just got like a huge line of tanks where there's just like, I don't know, 50 tons of water just sitting mm. in tanks. <laughs> that's what's going on in my main base. And that doesn't even have a real power source. That's powered by slugs. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then on like my secondary base, I've, one of them is doing... I finally got a hold of that plant I wanted, the one, the, the coal oh, biome plant. Okay, yeah, I remember. To make the unperishable food. So mm. that's what they've been working on, setting up like a, basically a coal room. Because conveniently, the core of that planet is an ice core rather than a magma core. So I'm just like leaching the heat out of that mm. to cool the room down to grow these things in. And then the third base, they, mm, like, the third base has always been the most awkward one because it's the it's directly connected by the teleporter to the first base. So I can so technically the second the second base makes the polluted water from a like a geyser that just put, puts out polluted water and it's cold polluted water, which is helpful. That goes through the teleporter into my main base where the, then it gets converted into the oxygen because obviously the cold water makes the oxygen cold, which is helpful. To, to just cool everything and then the oxygen from the main base apart from supplying them goes back through the other teleporter and then comes back to the second base to give them the oxygen <laughs> so the, it's a, it goes both ways through that teleporter back and forth for the oxygen supply but then that base doesn't I'm not sure I've never really been sure what to do with that base apart from that mm. like it's I've had like it's a it's a cold map which is nice because it's like it's very easy to do stuff and that was where I it's also a map which has crashed satellites which produce a lot of radiation so I was using that for when I needed the radiation for the for radiation research basically you need a specific you need to trap that radiation and then pump it into a specific building for the for that research but I'm done with the research tree now so that's gone mm. and then the only other real thing I could think to do was to power radiation powered rockets because you can collect the radiation and pump it into a rocket a specific kind of rocket engine so i built one of those but the trouble is that 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 collecting the radiation costs a shit ton of power and that base has an even worse power situation than my main base because it doesn't really have any like natural power sources there's a natural gas geyser that i've just recently tapped into but that's like hardly anything that's <laughs> 800 watts or something that's not that's not going to power much and they don't have any slugs but and i guess they do have some solar panels but it's also a very small asteroid so the like like the width of the map is not wide enough to fit very many solar panels because the they have to be exposed to the sunlight so right, like the right. width of the map essentially determines how many solar panels you can fit mm. so yeah that map is is sort of stalled because they just don't have the power to run anything hmm. and i don't know really what to do about that it doesn't even have a magma core it had like a forest core what <laughs> it's like it's not cold it's not hot it's just average it's just average but you get trees down there so i was like i guess i'll grow a bunch of trees and then i can convert the trees into ethanol and then i can burn that for power i yeah, guess that's like burn the trees in the, super, burn the rainforest in the super long term but i've only just started growing the trees so it's going to take quite a while before i even get to the point of having 
power. No slugs. Well, I mean, I could import slugs from the other base, I guess. <laughs> Except not really, because they're all wild, so they don't. The population doesn't go up; it only remains stable. Oh wait, so if you import, they don't. Well, it's because they're not tame. The wild wild animals only lay basically exactly one egg before they die. So mm. the population only ever remains stable in my main base. Right. So I couldn't like send some of them over because I need those in the main base. Can you tame some? And well, keep I mean, I guess I population? could. I guess I could, but I like slugs are kind of awkward anyway because they're like I mean slugs are basically like nighttime solar panels. Mm. They have the same on-off system where you need a shit ton of batteries to store all the power. Right. So it's just slightly more inconvenient. So I don't know what I'm going to really do. And then it's like, as I say, like I don't know what I what I need to do for all the other asteroids that I haven't colonized yet. I've just recently thought about moving on to the 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 radioactive asteroid, not for any of the radiation research, of course, because that's done, and probably not even for powering radiation rockets because it's it's weird. Like the crash satellites put out a ton of radiation in a small radius. But the radioactive planet, which has like naturally occurring uranium or whatever, that's like barely radioactive at all. You just only walk around; it's fine. <laughs> but the idea is you're meant to get the uranium and then shove it in a reactor, and then that puts out a shit ton of radiation. Obviously, so I'm not sure if I've I'm I don't know what to do about that because obviously I'd quite like a reactor in one of these other bases where I need a ton of power. Right. Yeah. So then I'm going to have to like set up a small base on the radioactive asteroid to get the uranium and then ship it back home and then build a reactor, maybe. But I've never actually built a functional reactor yet. I <laughs> I did a, like a test on my last save right at the end where I was just like, well, it's sort of a safe scum, I guess, because I could have just put it in a sandbox mode, I guess, and mm. tested it there. But I did try out building a reactor but they're they're fucking difficult to manage because they put out so much heat as you would imagine mm. and it's but the trouble is it's very but then you need to convert that water to, into steam well, yeah, to power exactly. a turbine but it's like... it's it's like deliberately inconvenient because <laughs> <laughs> that's just they wanted to make the game work this way where like the reactor the reactor directly outputs steam into the environment. So you essentially have to have the reactor inside the room beneath the steam engines. So the steam engines can directly suck the steam out of the room that the reactor's in. So then obviously you've got to be able to get in there to fuel the reactor or automate it. But then the other product of the reactor is just like nu the nuclear waste, which just gets dumped out onto the floor as a liquid. And it's like a super hot liquid, but it doesn't transfer heat very well. So you have to like get the heat out of the nuclear waste that's on the floor into the steam, up to the steam engines, and then then you have to take that nuclear waste and put it somewhere as well, because otherwise it just fills up. Space. <laughs> well, yep, you could just vent it to space, but what a waste. <laughs> what a nuclear waste? Yep. A waste of waste. Nuclear waste. Because, like, it doesn't transfer heat... Well, okay, it does technically transfer heat very well. Like, if you can get the nuclear waste into a pipe, it actually makes a really good coolant because it has, like, a super high heat capacity. Oh, I see. But it's because it's so hot, it's impossible to pump mm. <laughs> until you get, like, super late-game tech where you get, like, super high-temperature pumps. But, like, it, it tra technically transfers heat really well, but when it's just in a pool on the floor <laughs> versus an atmosphere of steam above it, that doesn't transfer heat very well between those two, like the interface between those two. Huh. 
So if you could get it into a pipe, it would be great because then you could just like run a, like a zigzag of pipes around through the steam room and all the heat would go out of it. And that'd be great. But you kind of can't unless you're willing to use some exploits because <laughs> there are ways you can trick pumps into being able to pump things that it shouldn't be able to. Okay. Because it's weird. Like the pump building is two by two. But like the zone it can pump liquids from is like a cross shape. So like there's two tiles that are technically not within the boundary of the building, but it still right, can yeah, suck yeah. up. But in order to get it to do that, you have to trick it by like putting a piece of liquid on one of the tiles of the building. So it will see that bit of liquid, but then it will suck from the tiles that are outside of its one. range. Oh, I see. So you have some other material. Some other liquid that just sits there on that extra on the building itself and it will treat that and actually pump the stuff that it's not supposed to be able to pump well i mean it can pump it it's just that it's not touching the other stuff so it doesn't so it doesn't get, get hot. hot heat from it oh boy <laughs> so yeah, that, can, that sounds like a mistake it's a weird exploit that you can do with the with the pump detection <laughs> and there's even weirder things than that like if you if you pump up a liquid and put it into a pipe there's this weird I, I don't actually know why this specific system exists in the game like it was probably there for some reason at some point but if you normally a blob of liquid in a pipe is like 10 kilograms that's just how much a pump pumps so the sort of flow limit of a pipe is 10 kilograms mm -hmm. a second essentially but it's in it's in like an individual blob that is how the game represents it moving from tile to tile but if you have less than one kilogram in a blob in a pipe that will allow you to do temperature changes that it shouldn't be allowed to do like if you have say like a, a one kilogram blob of water in a pipe you can heat that way over 100 degrees and it will stay as water like it won't break the pipe by turning into steam huh all right but I, I don't know why that's the system in this game, but that's like something you can do. So you can use the like valves to limit flow through a pipe and then like get superheated water or whatever, hmm. because it will just let you do that. And obviously being one kilogram drastically lowers your heat transfer rate or whatever, because you're so much less mass, but you can make it way hotter. Hmm. <laughs> it's just weird systems that are weirdly slightly exploitable. But yeah, I prefer not to use those when possible. Sure. I have finally given up in my main base and built a, a door compressor where it can compress gas infinitely because I had so much fucking hydrogen all over mm. the place, mainly from the slugs because the slugs poop hydrogen and it was just like filling up the top of the map. And I was like, I need to put this hydrogen fucking somewhere, but I can't be, I don't know what to do. Can't we compress it into hydrogen fuel cells? Well, I mean, in the future, that is what I want to use it mm. for, but you have to be able to make liquid hydrogen which I can't do until I get like super coolant because I can't get cold enough mm. to liquefy it without super coolant. So that's like a way future situation. But I was like, I don't want to waste this hydrogen and it's just filling up the top of my face. So I'll, I guess I'll just give up because previously I've been using the marginally less exploity exploit of piping it into a canister filler and then like putting it into a canister and then putting it out on the floor. Because items can infinitely stack on the floor. Oh, wow. So you just okay. keep putting more and more canisters on the same square. <laughs> so I had like <laughs> 3,000 kilograms of hydrogen so just in a canister. <laughs> so as long as you're producing canisters, it's okay? Well, the canisters are basically free because it's not really, it's not, it's not really a thing. It's like, mm. it's the item representation of a chunk of hydrogen, basically. Huh, weird. In gas form. 
So you can just take it out of the gas pipes and put it into a canister temporarily. But because of the we way the game works, the no, because of the game work, way the work, way the game works, you can stack an infinite amount of it into one place. <laughs> but but the, the problem with that is that requires someone to go down there and empty the machine every twenty five kilograms or whatever. Oh, I see. So you need a dude. You need a dude to do it. And so I was doing that for a long time. But at some point, I was just like, oh fuck it, I'll just put a door compressor. <laughs> at this point, I've I've used this exploit for so long, I might as well use this other exploit that is slightly more convenient. <laughs> it doesn't require me to go and push a button every I mean, twenty minutes or whatever. Yeah, I suppose it makes sense. You're already in the rabbit hole. You've already, uh, yeah, you're already cheesing it in some way. Why not cheese it the better way? I mean, technically, I'm using technically a door compressor is a slightly less exploitable exploit for infinite gas compression because there's the even easier version where you just if you put a blob of liquid on top of the tile that a gas vent is on, for some reason the gas vent will still be able to vent into adjacent squares. So, but then because there's a blob of liquid on it, it never senses the atmosphere as being too dense, so the gas vent can vent infinitely. Oh, <laughs> weird. That's the that's the full cheese way of making mm. infinite gas compression. So what you end up with like a cavity that's just got like infinite pressure. Yeah, because the gas vent never overpressurizes because there's this random blob of liquid on it. <laughs> but the door compressor is the slightly more legit way of doing it. That must be fun when you if you eventually break that pressure. Yes, yeah, so that's the that's the trick to it. Never open that by accident, <laughs> or your whole base just suddenly fills with hydrogen. <laughs> you do get that occasionally naturally. Like there's these. There's a thing that can spawn on the map called a geode, where it's just like an enclosed shell of usually obsidian with mm-hmm. like a random resource in the middle. But it, I think when they programmed the code that makes the geodes, they just like set the random resource to be like a generic mass. So for like, if it's like diamonds or whatever, it's like a thousand kilograms of diamond per tile. It's like, okay, that's fine. But if it's a gas, it's like a thousand kilograms of natural gas per tile, which like maximum pressure is normally 20 kilograms per tile. <laughs> so oh, if you mine into that, and then suddenly <laughs> you've got massive gas explosion. <laughs> Don't accidentally dig into one of those. Or oh, make sure you dig into it when you're in a sealed off environment. Yeah, make, a, make a sealed room first and then <laughs> Put a gas pump in there and then gradually pump it out. <laughs> yes, geodes can be very dangerous like that. If you dig, you dig into like a carbon dioxide geode, <laughs> then your oh entire base just becomes incredibly unbreathable. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that's also not included. And then more Derg and Rocket League. I've been hella stuck in Lemon Town lately in Rocket League. No, really good. Just, uh, I mean, that's good. That's good for me because it means you won't like when you play get play with me. You won't feel so bad. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Can you tell me again what is Lemon Town? I don't know. I don't know why Lemon. Like, why is it a town? town? Well, I mean, I, that's just why. Stuck in Lemon Town. <laughs> stuck in Lemon Town. Le Vieux Citron. Yep. <laughs> Wait, that's Lemon Street, isn't it? <laughs> like, v know. is life. Oh. <laughs> Lemon, the life, life of lemons. <laughs> I think I prefer that. That is, the, I'm living the life of lemons. Uh, Hashtag lemon be life. Dementor. <laughs> I don't know why it Sorry, became. It I don't know why lemons became the thing, or for us in Rocket League. I'm, I'm sure there was a reason because at some point, yeah, we did say there was something. I can't remember. There, there was some. I think 
I think it might have been like isn't like just a lemon, like just a general derogatory term anyway. Like, well, like, lemon is he's a, he's a bit know, of a bad. Yes. Yeah, that is a bad thing. Like that classic nineteen sixties Volkswagen um, Beetle advert, right? You know that one? It was just a picture of the car and it just says lemon. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something we would write. Is it like a picture of Pikachu, Pikachu that says melon? <laughs> exactly. Lemon, lemon melon. Because uh, I, I think there was, I think, I think it might have. See, the thing is, I think there was an official thing in uh, early in Rocket League where I think it was an April Fool's joke, maybe. Where they were talking about they were going to change the name of the ranks, but I right. think there the actual joke was they were going to make the instead of bronze you were going to have potato, <laughs> <laughs> right? And I I think that was what they were originally going to do, but I've I don't know. I've definitely seen people. Okay, if that's what they, if that is the thing, then I, I've definitely seen people say that in text chat before. It's like called like a potato team has come up yeah but i think that's also just like a generic insult right sure. calling someone a potato <laughs> well thank and it, yeah i guess it doesn't help that like i don't know potato mode has, has become a bit of oh, a thing right yeah right? for the graphics no you feel like playing on a poor on a poor, a poor rig yeah because you'll see people say that as well where it's like oh it's my potato my potato computer can't handle it mm. and that one makes more sense because obviously i mean that's basically a portal reference i suppose in some ways, referencing the potato batteries, I think it, I think and was, then you're running a bad computer is like running a potato. Oh, maybe battery. I, I I always thought that came, potato mode came from the fact that when you lowered the the graphics Seems fidelity, like people's faces just become potatoes. Well, yeah, maybe. Like Bioshock Infinite, I think was one of the best for that because that game was crazy scalable, and you could scale it so far back that people basically didn't have any features. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know how I I don't know how I came to be calling it lemons. I think like I'm pretty sure the potato one was official, but I feel like lemons came from somewhere as well during that time of Rocket League. Hmm. But yes, Lemon Town. Lemon Town. I maybe moved into the lemon suburbs now. <laughs> I'm getting out of Lemon Town. <laughs> Heading into rural mediocrity. <laughs> and then Doug. We played some four-player Derg earlier today. We did play some four-player Derg. That was an experience. With who do you play with? I played with a couple, a couple of my Cambridge crew who are quite new to the game. Cambridge crew, literally oh, yeah. new. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh yeah, that was fun. I played Driller for the first time, which I've, I, I, you know, my, I've only ever played Edgy and Scout before in that game. In the what the many hours I've played Derg for. Yep. So it was, <laughs> it was nice to have a slightly fresh, uh, fresh experience. I was like, I did miss the uh, mobility yeah. of the drill. I'm so used to having a character that can get around a bit better, and then you get the driller whose only real ability to get around is to drill holes and things. So you make ramps for yourself um, out of the environment, which is a little more limiting than the zip wires and the uh, platform gun. And even the platform gun, yeah, which is a little limiting in of itself. You, yeah. have, to, you have to work for it with the platform gun. But I mean, technically, the drills are like. Once you once you get like once you understand how both the platform gun and the drills work, you can essentially do exactly the same thing. Yeah, you can build, build a staircase, build a diagonal staircase up a wall. Yeah, but the, the drills are they're, they're quite quick, but they're quite annoying because of their overheat. Yeah, um, you have to once you get unlimited used to, fuel. Yeah. Well, yes, the limited fuel I found was the main problem early on before you get all the upgrades because mm. it like it runs out pretty quick. Yeah. 
but yeah you once you get used to like the overheat the overheat doesn't really become a problem you mm-hmm. just like you sort of instinctually know just to stop slightly before it reaches 100% without even having to look at the numbers. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing any character could do what Driller does, right? Just with the pickaxe, but it would take friggin' ages. Yes, it would take forever. <laughs> Which makes Driller very useful if you want to do the cheese method for escort missions. Oh, right. Yeah. And get ahead of the, uh, of where the, where the, well, where Duretta the drill is going to go. But yes, in four player, even on hazard free, that was getting yeah, crazy. Yeah, it was getting a bit much. Like there was quite a lot going on. Um I mean Zach and I in two player normally like somewhere in between a three and a four difficulty. Yeah. Um uh and I played a couple of introductory rounds on level two, and it's like that's still far, that's far too easy. Yes. Two is far too easy. Play on three. Um uh yeah, so we moved up. Yeah, three and four. There was just so much going on, so much stuff about. And then I'm I'm there's me with my flamethrower making everything on fire as well, which really didn't help visibility. <laughs> yes, it's quite, um, it can get quite difficult to see when you're using the drill on this flamethrower. And it was a like it was the first time that performance actually became a bit of a problem for me and Doug. Like, okay, so I'm running up pretty much on max settings at 1440p um on, on my rig. Um which isn't, you know, super new now, this this PC. But uh, and I, by I, by struggle, I mean I, it dip, started to dip below sixty, <laughs> which is a little unheard of for me and Dag. Um, but it was, um, yeah, it became noticeable. That's what that's what all I'm trying to say. It's like, oh, this is starting to stutter a little. This this is this is new. And I was having a weird problem mm. when when my one started slowing down. It was like it like the mouse sensitivity slowed down. Which yeah, that's is weird. Really weird. I don't know how it's like. Is that just because literally the game is like interpreting the inputs too slow? Like somehow the actual input rate is linked to the actual game speed. Mm. So I don't know if you've been hearing it today, Dan, but like at home, my internet situation has been a, has become a bit weird since moving. Since I changed my modem, essentially, I think yeah, the, yeah. I think the hub one I'm currently running on has a problem as a latency problem, where it's fine most of the time, and occasionally I've tracked it as having a maybe one to two second latency spike. So you're getting, you might be getting what I got with Rocket League all all this time. Mm, I'm getting weird. Mm. Uh, well, when I'm when I've been playing Rocket League this last week, I've been getting like I'll be fine until I'll suddenly sort of weirdly drift, and I won't be quite where I what I was doing. Mm. Well, that's and not exactly the same as my one. Then. It, it's not like it drops completely, and I have like moments of total like oh nothing's happening. It's like it sort of corrects itself, but it does so in an oddly smooth manner. Mm. So I'll be driving towards something, and then I'll suddenly like like <laughs> strafe sometimes and it'll be like hang on what just happened <laughs> it's really odd um but yeah i'm pretty certain that's the the plus net hub one i'm pointing my finger directly at you as being a problem because the way i analyzed it was like i just i just ran a ping constantly right, yeah. to it and it was like one millisecond one millisecond one millisecond a thousand milliseconds one millisecond one millisecond it's, it's odd I, I i think i need to replace that well, I mean, if, if you're being, yeah. if you're able to detect it that easily it's probably not exactly what i'm having because my one happens so infrequently it's impossible to test it yeah and it, it is yeah it's just a local ping it's like a local ping shouldn't be a problem for your for your home router um admittedly it's not my like uh, yeah my open reach modem, which I wasn't a router, that's the thing that went wrong, and that's why I was getting poor internet speed. Um, so the only thing I had was this Plusnet hub that is a DSL and router. There's a DSL modem and a router in one. Yeah. So that's yeah. now become my main router, but I'm still using my other router to do the Wi-Fi because it's better. Mm. Um, 
but unfortunately the primary routing capabilities of this plus net router are substandard for my needs so unfortunately i think i might have to buy a new decent modem router yeah um, i mean that'd be it's like a couple it, hundred right? quid though for a, for, yeah. a, for a good one you know that's annoying isn't it yeah yeah, I've always yeah. said I should actually just do that for, for our house. Get rid of the shitty ancient BT hub thing that we're using. The BT ones apparently aren't that bad. Well, I mean, it's like, fine. The current yes. BT ones. Mm, not, well, not, yeah. Maybe not the one you've got, but like... But I yeah. replaced my BT home hub or whatever, because I've got BT when I got to this place. It's mm. fibre to the home or whatever, but I, yeah, I replaced it. Um, I need to go back. Because okay. I just had too many Wi-Fi devices. Ah, I, think right, I, got okay. like a, I think I got like a TP link. Okay, yeah, yeah I've, I've heard it's pretty good. Some, some of the current TP Link stuff is good. So yeah, I, clearly, no, I, I need to go problems. back to, the, to my glory days of when the, when I was like, was I like the lead of one of us to get like the Belkin router all that time ago? Oh, oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you probably were. So I was like, that was that worked real good. Mm. It was surprisingly effective for being that old as well in those yeah. olden days. It's an under. I don't think it's mentioned enough, or people are aware that the well, routers you generally get from ISPs for gaming are terrible. Yeah. Um, specifically for gaming, for everyday use, they're absolutely fine. So the majority of people, which I guess is what the ISPs are trying to serve, they're serving the majority. Yeah. They are fine. For gaming, they are awful, Gen- like genuinely terrible. Um, and I've had nothing but bad experiences with them until I bought this Nighthawk, right? Yeah. And then it's like all my problems went away. Like yeah. all at once, and it's just like this is what I've been doing wrong. <laughs> Buy a good router. You owe it to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I might actually be able to get you know slightly better wireless speeds if I had a better router. Possibly. I'm still. It's. It, I like the. I've said this before on the podcast, but the, like the weird problems I have with wireless on my computer, where it's like the graphics card causes interference. Oh, so yeah. like I have to run the five gigahertz channel to overcome that interference while I'm in games. But that you should severely, run the five gig anyway. Well, sure. Yeah. But then for some reason that high like running the five gigahertz channel, I get much less top speed than if I'm running the non five gigahertz channel. Oh wow. So I can okay. so if I want to do like a big download on Steam, I'm like, well I'll just switch the wireless channel for a minute and then do download and then remember to switch back before that's, I actually go into the game. That's not how that should work. No, it's not. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, five gigahertz does have. It, I think it's generally got less range than a two mm. than the two point four band. I, I I don't know. I don't know the science behind it, but I guess it gets interfered with more. Yeah, um, less in my case for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that's really strange. But yeah, that. I mean, but then the trouble with that is that like that could actually be a problem with my PC's wireless card, not the router at all. <laughs> and yeah. I wouldn't be able to tell, really. Yeah, that, that's possible as well. Because I'm, yeah, I'm lucky here. I'm wired in. Like my main PC anyway is wired in. Yeah. Um. So it's, uh, gets rid of that problem. I mean, I can tell you that the the Mac downstairs that's plugged directly into the router gets like the full seventy that our connection is meant to have, mm. rather than what I get on my PC, which is like between five on the five gigahertz and like fifteen on the non on the two point four. That's quite bad because yep. on an on an ace, on, yeah, on a five on a decent five gig AC. You know, yeah, what is it? Is it AC? But I mean, it goes up to AX now, yeah. but like, um, um, 
and God knows what the Wi-Fi numbering does. I don't. I've lost the plot there a little bit. We're on Wi-Fi two. Well, they're on Wi-Fi six, quote unquote, and Wi-Fi seven is just around the corner as well. Right. Um, I don't really know I mean, what that means, but it does mean bigger numbers and bigger speeds and better resilience somehow. Uh, I mean, from- you've got to admit, that's better branding than 802.11n yeah, or whatever yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah, and even this, yeah, who, un- who really, like, an- a regular consumer, who's going to understand the difference between your, like, your A's, your B's, your G's, your N's, yeah, 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 and then yeah. AC that's and That's why they rebranded it, yeah. Yeah, but it is... Sensible. Yeah, I don't know if the two things are directly tied, but anyway, yeah, Wi-Fi, I think Wi-Fi 6 lets you get AX speed. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is AC, you should be clearing 70 meg easy, like in terms of Wi-Fi bandwidth. It's like that's, mm. that, that should be possible, and like AC has been the standard for a while now. Like, yeah, I forget like what, even even most ISP provided routers are AC. Yeah, I forget what R1 actually, because it's ancient, obviously, and I think, because I... I think I did replace the wireless card in my PC in order to get to the five gigahertz. Right. I believe that was a something. Yeah. <laughs> I, or it might be an N actually. Yeah, N's the one below AC. Yeah. But yeah, I had to replace that to even get to that point. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I just need to do another upgrade. But then again, I need to upgrade a lot of things about my PC. The wireless card is the least of its trouble, technically. Yeah, which way? No, you must be on AC. I think five gig is only is only AC upwards because I specifically named my networks as this is the AC network and this is. The, I just called it five. The yeah, five gig is just says five. I mean, that, that makes not in <laughs> retrospect that makes more sense um, than what than how I've done it, but. I suppose the other advantage to having this, this, there is an advantage to having this Hub One router, though, is I now have better Wi-Fi coverage because I've got two Wi-Fi routers working, <laughs> working in a conjunction. But anyway, and that was near, latency. That was nearly everything I played, except for there was a power cut, so I played like an hour of Zelda. <laughs> oh right, played an hour of Breath of the Wild. Huh, cool, because the power went off for a couple of hours. So I was like, well, I'm just get the switch then, I guess. I just realised I didn't mention the whole point of why I started that conversation. Right, it's because in Derg, yeah, what it seems to result in is me getting ejected from walls occasionally. Yes, because that's happened to me quite a lot in the last couple of weeks. Like I've just, I'll just be mining away at a wall, like on some precarious position, and I'll get flung across the map. Like when it lags for me, I just it just pauses. That's what I get in dirt lag. Hmm. Which again makes sense if you compare how it's reacting for us in Rocket League, because I get like the full lag out in Rocket League for like a couple right, of seconds yeah. and then it comes back. But you're getting the weird distorted movement, yeah. which then it's also happening in Dirk, apparently. I'm getting odd floaty <laughs> movements. Yeah, well, yeah, Derg, it just loses its damn mind and just throws me across the map. It's like, I think it get, thinks I'm stuck like in the in geometry the train, and yeah. just, just, doesn't, just doesn't eject. Derg. It's, it's quite funny when it happens, in fairness. Yeah. <laughs> get chucked a long way. <laughs> get thrown hell of a fart. Yep. <laughs> like Mr. T showed up. <laughs> Oh, and I guess the last thing to talk about, I mean, briefly as a transition to Rob, is I very briefly looked in Rob's VR thing last week. Yeah, you did. It, you, were, you were helping me mech- muscle, blah, 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 mess around with Airlink. And, uh, see, Which see. worked not at all to start with. No. So like, as soon as I put on the headset, I'm like, I'm pretty sure this isn't working, but you're going to have to come and look at this because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely not working. Um, 
it's quite fun actually because it's kind of reveals a little bit about how VR, how the headset and your PC, what your PC is outputting, kind of works together, and it's like it builds a sort of. There's a certain number of degrees of vision that it's built, and yeah. it, and, the, and the headset knows about. So when you move your head around, that particular portion is 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 visible. But what was happening with this is like something was quite wrong, and that you'd move your head, and then but you'd move your head into a black zone. Yeah, it was like you, you were moving made. your head faster than like the render speed, essentially. Yeah, you but the headset was dealing with it separately from what the the PC was being able to provide. Yeah, which is what it, we were speculating on before about like how it was dealing with. The overlays and things, and uh, for like the update rate of your head always being smooth versus yeah. the running of the program or whatever. Hundred percent. So that's how it. That's how it does it. Yeah, there's a, there is a area that is rendered, and it, and the headset like positions that in space. The headset's doing that. So then, when you move your head, it's like that position in space can be shifted before the new frame is available. If your system isn't delivering the frames at the same rate as the as the headset, it's a clever approach. It's it's smart. Yeah. But, yeah. but anyway, it was doing that. And <laughs> it definitely it, wasn't working. Either. And it's frigging disorientating <coughs> when it happens. And it's also like, it creates mega latency in the hand actions as well. So I mean, like navigating around things is nearly impossible as well. Because yeah. it's like, okay, I need to be very careful with my hand and my head position so I can push the thing I want to push to try and sort this out. I figured out what that was. Like, uh, in the end, I've been messing with that pretty much this week, just trying to figure out how to get that to work. And it's um, uh, if you're you, so the, I think I mentioned this last last time, but like I used a link cable with it first of all, and it was a bit crunchy on the default settings, so I upped the bit rate using the Oculus Debug tool to supply a higher video rate to it, and that got rid of some of the crunchiness that I could see in Res. Um, apparently, that setting also affected affects Air Link. So if you've set that setting to a number higher and then you're trying to broadcast that over your Wi-Fi, that doesn't work as well. Um, and none of the settings in Airlink's options were overriding that in the debug tool. Um, mm. So as soon as I took that option off, um, and to be fair, the only way I found out is because in that debug tool you can turn on some performance HUD so yeah. it'll actually show you the the video encode that it's receiving and stuff like that. And it was like, why is it attempting to do 250? Like, I've told it to only do, like, 50 megabits. Like, real, really lower this down to see if something works. Why is it still... Oh, yeah, because I set it to 250. Oh, that's a familiar number. <laughs> <laughs> so I went into the settings, turned it off, and then everything cleared up. And it's fine. It oh, just sweet. took me far too long to get to that point <laughs> to, to figure out that that was the option. I was thinking with all kinds of things like, okay, maybe maybe Steam doesn't like working. As maybe I need to like downgrade the resolution. Is it like a loading thing? In comp is my PC just not able to juice this as much? And I was looking at the stats for that, and it's like, no, the performance is actually fine. I was like, I'm not really stressing the PC. What is going on here? Is it just why? Is there just too much? Wi Can my Wi-Fi not deal with this? Do I actually need Wi-Fi six uh, to do this? Um, no, it's just a bitrate problem. Just just actually needed to turn that override off, which means I probably need to remember to turn it back on if yep. I ever use the cable because uh, they're not individual settings. Um, or I should say they are individual settings. But, but the link overrides. Yeah, the air link settings. Yeah, uh, the, the link cable doesn't have settings you can toy with unless you use the debug tool, but the debug tool overrides the air link settings that you can toy with. Um yeah, so that's annoying. Anyway, what did you think of VR when it worked? <laughs> well, <the laughs> is, it, is this your first time in VR? Yes. Well, the drama was that, like, even when it, even when we got it working, 
I was having the problem of basically it's the it's a very VR modern problem of I was using Rob's equipment and therefore it wasn't actually great for me because <laughs> um, it had the glasses faces on, which makes because yeah. it pushes it further away from her face, it makes it harder to stay in the focus zone. The sweet spot is smaller, yeah. And then when I was leaning my head, the weight of the headset was pulling it out of the focus zone as well. So it was like it was making it worse that way as well. <laughs> But apart from that, it was good, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you're using my new strap, which does mitigate a lot of that. Yeah. Like, um, when I was using the standard ocular strap, it's so much, the weight is so much more on your cheekbones. Mm. Um, and even if you do it really tightly, it's like it's it's resting right there. And it's quite, I don't know, I, I found myself not being able to use it for very long like that. But even like, that new strap, strap seems weirdly like high up it's almost like you're wearing a baseball cap almost because it's, like it's so high on the back of your head yeah. even. it's kind of on the bulge at the back of your head right rather than well i don't know i don't know if it i've seen i've been reading like like where is actually the best position for that and a lot of people do say it's actually it is actually on the bulgy bit of your head rather than trying to get properly under it hmm. um but that, that strap can go quite that strap can go quite deep so maybe you can wedge it in there and find an angle with the arm or something but hell uh, this uh, it's the Kiwi design strap for anyone interested. It comes recommended by a number of sources, and, it, and I caught it on DL mm. on Amazon as well. So it was like the timing was all lovely, um, but it, but it's such an improvement over the regular strap. You seriously have to get one of those if you've got a if you've got a quest. It makes the world a difference. Um, I might need to strap a counterweight to it. Is the other thing maybe like to the back of it? But hey, it, it, even that is is greatly mitigated. Mm. Um, The sweet spot aside, hell, you're not even wearing glasses. It's like I have to when I put the thing on, I have to like pull my glasses so they sit a certain distance this away right. from my eyes inside the spacer. So my eye, so because if I if I put it on, the glasses immediately get mushed <laughs> against my eyes. Yep. So I can oh, no. so I can feel my eyelid eyelashes like flapping against the glass. So then I have to specifically push my glasses out a little bit into the headset, and they will. There is a there is a middle ground where my glasses can sit in between the the headset and my head, and they'll get pushed nicely and held in place by the the interface, essentially. You know, the silicon bit. Yeah. Um. Uh. There is there is a place where I can find that, but it's still not the sweet spot. Still isn't perfect for me. Again, probably because my eyes are a bit fucked. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> I don't know. I can usually find the sweet spot in one eye, and it's slightly off in the other eye, and I, I haven't been able to dial that in perfectly. But it's good enough. Yeah, I didn't. I I like when it was when it was perfectly fine. It was perfectly fine. That was mm. the thing. But it was very easy to drop it out of that. Mm. It was mainly the sideways one. I think it was just that when the, as soon as you tilt your head slightly, you immediately lose one eye. And I think that's just because it was further away. So I was already right on the edge of the sweet spot, regardless. Mm. It's quite fun. I was I was I was I sh- was playing quest only stuff. I played a bit more Beat Saber, obviously. Right. But but Gnome was in at the time, so I used the Chromecast feature to send it send it to the TV so she could see what I was doing. And she immediately commented like like even before I'd launched the game, it's like everything's on the on a slant and it's like That's because why I'm looking at <laughs> Yeah, but like that's another one like like you, yeah, because your head is always most people's heads are always naturally on a on a, at an angle. They're very rarely perfectly straight. And so Gnome immediately was like, why is everything wonky? And it's like, well, that's just how my head lays. <laughs> that was quite fun. 
you were you were in the lab. Yeah, you did some slingshotting. Well, we did the things that Rob hadn't been able to do before because of the because we of were space. using the air link yeah. to get into the front room, so it was more space to actually. Not the front room in Ross House, I guess. My, I my, called yeah. it the front room because that's what I called it. My li- oh, yeah, front room. Front room's a weird name, isn't yep. it? It's like it's not my front room; it's my living room because it's at the back yeah. of the house. <laughs> but we we went in there to actually have slightly more space for some of the things that Rob couldn't do, like the slingshotting more efficiently. I had another. I, I went because I let you play that. I went back and had a go at that um, yesterday. Yeah. In fact. It still requires quite a lot of movement, yeah. really. It's like the amount of space it needs. In fact, a lot of the amount of space a lot of the lab stuff actually wants is quite big. Like, okay, yeah, you can still teleport around, but even when you're grabbing the slingshot, the amount you actually have to pull that thing back is a long bloody way. Yeah, because as you said at the time when I was doing it, I was like, I was pulling it like beside me, mm. so I could I could pull further without having to move, essentially. But unless you've got the tracer cores of the slingshot game, it's like it's almost impossible to get your aim right. Well, I think that's a problem of that game rather than the VR, because I think mm. it, it has like it has a weird physics to the way the slingshot works where it like it falls off abruptly yeah. like it doesn't okay, yeah. it doesn't feel as like realistic a flight path as you would think well it depends how resistant the air resistance of those balls yes. i suppose that you're chucking but it feels stronger than you would think it does so mm. you do have to like if you want to aim directly at something you just have to go to maximum power mm. you can't you have to make sure you're pulling it back as far as you possibly can yeah arcing it is really difficult Unless you have the trace, and then you can just then you can see where you go. Chip a shot, in. yeah, <laughs> chip it, loft it. And, and then, you d- did the Atlas robot demo, which is another one I couldn't do because it requires like such a ridiculous long distance. Yeah, ridiculously long pulls. And then Gladys shows up, and I think she's too big in that in that VR <laughs> incarnation. They've messed up the scale. But then again, I was like, I was thinking about it. It's like, hmm, that maybe maybe Gladys is quite close to you. Well, and also maybe in VR, it's actually it's actually more correct because in like Portal Two, you're dealing with mm. like an FOV. Oh, so sure. So maybe yeah. it is actually smaller because it's actually showing more because mm. of the FOV. I mean, I usually have my FOV super low compared oh, okay. to most people. What like Halo Tunnel? Kind yeah. Of. So I I get closer to real proportions mm. of usually, but maybe in VR you are you are actually seeing the real real size. The real real, and she's just huge. Yeah, she just looks bigger than I thought. I mean, she's like her head is like man sized, right? That's how it's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, is it though? Because you remember it in her the game, face. you can like you can totally stand on it. It's like a meter across, maybe. Is it her face in the game? Yeah, I think like so. vertically. Well, when it's lying on the floor, and you can set it on it. It's like an, an arc. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I mean. It's, it's like it's like yeah, that's like man size. That's man size. I don't think it? it's man size. <laughs> I'd say it's half man size. Okay, a bit, a bit, a bit shorter. <laughs> How big is Glados? How big is Glados's head? Bark hard. Bark hard. Yeah. So anyway, we were dicking around with Air Link. That was um. That was cool. I went back and played the longbow game once I got Air Link working. That's right. uh, that's more fun with a bit more space because um, you can actually I can actually walk forward and lean over the damn parapet to fire my shots, which is which is cool. Uh, 
that game's quite hard though. <laughs> just aiming a because you can't aiming a bow is quite hard in VR because you're hampered by the fact you've got a headset on, so like if you can't move you can't, your hand as yeah. close to the face as you want. And of course, the the controller itself has that ring, so you can't move that as close to your face as you want. So actually, aiming shots with a bow and arrow is pretty hard. It doesn't compensate for that. You have to design that into a game. No. A weird bow where it's got like a where the arrow is like offset from the bow somehow. <laughs> Um, I did play some more of that Zortex game as well. That is that is easier when you have the ability to move yeah, around yeah, more. It looked um, like it. Uh, but that's fun. I like that as well. Uh, I haven't gone too far out of that stuff yet. I, I haven't got around to... I do now have a copy of Shooty Fruity. That, okay, ha- that, that happened, but I haven't got around to actually playing it yet. Um, when you... When you- first started up with Dirk earlier when you when the Cambridge dudes turned up and mm. you were you started it up the first time I was wondering if you were running the VR mod I was like maybe he's trying the VR wait, mod wait there's a VR there's mod there's a VR mod for Dirk oh my god that would be fucking awful yeah the swimminess <laughs> yeah because it, it, it would be standard movement so you'd be it would be teleportations but I'd have to, and how would the gun line up that's always the thing with these right how does the gun line up yeah I don't know what they've actually done to even get that mod to work <laughs> I might give it a go though, because why wouldn't I? Well, sure, but um, I mean, you might as well try all kinds of weird VR mods that have been made yeah, for yeah. games over the years. I mean, there's that Half Life Two VR mod coming soon. Yeah, like um, I forget did they? Did they I forget what I, uh, it was on. It was a Kotaku article. I only just breezed upon. I think they're using Boneworks because yeah. that was a Steam, the Source Engine thing, right? And then yeah. putting Half Life Two back into Boneworks as engine. Which apparently is a queeze-inducing nightmare in in itself, and you still need um, to get around to to uh, dirt rally. I should try, but I haven't tried actually many cockpit things yet. Mm. Like I should, yeah, I should oh, try. And no Man's dirt, Sky. Dirt, dirt, yeah, and No Man's Sky. I've I've installed a, a a faster hard drive explicitly for to see if No Man's Sky. Because the problem is I've been spoiled by that Series X version, right? Because mm. it looks nice and it loads fast. Um, and then that one time I tried it on PC and it's like taking forever to load in assets. I'm like, ugh, okay. Like Xbox actually has the advantage here and it's kind of hard to play on PC. Because <laughs> I've been spoiled. That's yeah. what it is. It's hard to go backwards. Yeah, but I will give that a go um, at some point. Uh, I, I nearly got around to trying Red Out 1 in VR. <laughs> because I reinstalled that after what we were talking about last time about Red Out 2. See whether it's the same or different. Uh, yeah. and um, But apparently they've broken that with a recent patch that's accidentally taken the VR mode out. No. Um, but there is a, there's like a channel you can, like, you know how you get to like beta channels of games. There's right, like, yeah. there's like a beta channel you can opt back into that turns the VR back on. <laughs> so I haven't faffed around with any of that. Um, but yeah, that's my segue into Redout because I went back to Redout One. Redout Two has been patched again, like this week, and it very much gives the impression that that game is still a work in progress, even though it's like out, out, right? Because they've changed, they fundamentally changed like bits of the UI this time. It's like the actual like display for how your boost works has changed, and it revealed to me a feature I didn't realize was in the game, which is the fact that it has like um, Dirt Two style rewinds. Right. So if you faff up, you can just rewind time a bit, and you can do that five times a race, which is pretty generous. How did how did that never come up? It's, it's never been tutorialized. Like, because that's one of that's another one of people's like not just mine, but like a lot of people's big problem with Redout Two is that 
its tutorials aren't just all available to you. Right. You have to get to a certain point in the career progression and then it will say, oh, there's new tutorials available. And you're just like, wait, what? Why? <laughs> Why didn't you just tell me about this? Um, and rewind has never come up as any of those things. The only reason I knew it was there is like a little symbol was on my, on, on the new HUD that looked like a rewind sin and it said times five. And I'm like, what the chuff is that? Um, and I've never used the respawn button because why would I? Like you just, when you fall off the track, you just respawn anyway. Right. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, I went and looked in the controls and it's like on that button is, is, is called respawn rewind. And it's like, wait, what? So if you just tap it, it takes you to a, like a, like a timeline and you can scrub back a little way, not very far, but a little way. Um, which is a good thing because compared to Red Out 1, as I've now like refreshed myself with, Red Out 2's course design is horrible. Okay. Like it's way worse than, than like, so there's two fundamental differences between Red Out 1's design and Red Out 2's design. One, Red Out 2's course lengths are much longer than Red Out 1's, like uh, maybe three or four times longer per lap than a Red Out 1 track. Which is probably leading to that problem I talked about before, where like course memorability is is hard. Right. It's really hard to remember the course layouts in Red Out Two, and that's because they're so long. Um, mm. uh, I went back to Red Out One, and I it was like putting on a glove. Like I, I immediately remembered some of the layouts, and it's like having no recollection of what they were prior to playing the game. I started driving them again, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, I remember this. Like something clicked and like the laps are only like 40 seconds long or something. And it's like, Oh no, I got it. I got, I get it. I can learn this. I can get back into it. Um, and I got back into red out one real quick as it turned out. Like it's, and I've only played it for like an hour or two this morning, honestly. And it's like, but something clicked and I was straight back in it and it's like, great, fantastic. This is probably a sign of some good design. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's, ne I've never had that click moment with red out two yet. <laughs> Um, and I still struggle with that. They, they, okay, they've changed some other things. Like the handling isn't quite the same between the two. That's fine. The boost mechanics aren't the same between the two. That's also fine. Got no problems there. Um, it's just that course design thing. Like, I don't know, Red Out 1 is fast, and it's the courses are windy, but they do the thing that I think a lot of modern racers don't do well, um, which is it has straights. Right, right. It has proper straights that so you have a have a complex of corners, and then there's a bit for where you can relax and get yourself centered again and boost and whatever, and then you go into a complex of corners, and it's not too relentless. Like the the courses can be tricky, and there are windier ones than others. Don't get me wrong, but the balance is there. Red out too. I think the balance is all over the place. Like it'll be windy corner, windy corner, sudden, sudden shift, massive hill you have to deal with, windy corner, jump, jump that you have to roll into and pitch at the right angle, otherwise you're not going to land it. And it's I find Red Out 2's courses like impossible to read, sometimes incredibly cheap because they add corners that don't have barriers in Red Out 2, <laughs> um, in often on blind turns, as it turns out, um, turns out, um, and also. Yeah, I don't know. It makes me more annoyed about Red Out 2 than I was, because I was warming to it, honestly. I was, get, I was starting to find my groove with it, and it's like... Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's obviously still being worked on, but the improvements are good. Like, 
the, the they obviously did the day one patch that they should have put in the game at launch. That was the important one. But this this last patch improved the UI in meaningfully good ways. Like the actual career progression now shows you the rewards you can earn from each event just right there up front. And they've changed the coloring on some elements so you can actually see what you've got, which are the upgrades you want. Blah, 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 blah. Those are those are decent improvements. I, I think they've also even changed how the rendering looks. So the whole game has become a lot more vibrant than it was um, even a week ago. Um, yeah, colors just pop more. Um, and the general consistency of the look is stronger. I still don't think it looks as good as the. Oh, actually, that's a. I should be careful how I say this. I think Redout Two has a cleaner look overall. I think you can see yeah. what things are better than you can in Redout One. However, track readability aside, which I still think is way worse in Redout Two, like Redout One has a distinctive look. Like it goes for that Derg look. Honestly, that's the closest thing I can think of, and that it's like. Uh, not very textured and very triangular, visible polygons. Uh, and that's a very specific look. And it, I think it looks good. Red Out 2 st- still has a tiny bit of that, but not very much. It's it's like it's become too generic in its visual feel. And going back to Red Out 1 just highlighted that. It's like, yeah, this had a look. This had a style. That style is gone. And it's like, that's a, that's a bummer. Um, what is improved though is like Redout One goes far too overboard on the post processing. Like motion blur up the wazoo. There's so much blur. Oh, really? Yeah. You can oh, turn no. it off. Okay. But there's so much blur. <laughs> it's bonkers. And it's so vibrant. It's too vibrant. Um it's like it was designed for HDR before that was really a thing very well on PC. It does have an HDR option, in fairness. <laughs> So I could turn that on if I was running it on an HDR screen, but I'm not, and it's still too vibrant. <laughs> it's 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 an odd. It's honestly, it's an odd looking game in motion, but like, but its style is there. Um, uh, uh, and yeah, what it, again? Red Out Two. They've cleaned up those those rendering issues, I suppose. Those post processing problems. That's all gone, but it's lost the style in the transition. Uh, no, it's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. And the music's better in Red Out One and the sound balance is better in Red Out One. Um Right. I it shouldn't have gone put back. A bit more <laughs> kind it's, of care into it. But, yeah. yeah. It and maybe Red Out Two will get there. Because it's it's obvious they are still actively working on it. Um oh, okay. So it just kind of feels a bit Yeah. Unfinished there. Yeah. I'm a bit worried this is the new pacer. The new Formula Fusion, right? Because Formula Fusion launched far too early, and then by the time it became Pacer, Pacer was a much better game. Um, I kind of hope this isn't the same situation. Um, well, yeah, and and it's also worth noting there are many, many uh, people talking about that the career mode is now problematic. Um, with some people going as far as saying it's like they just crapped out the what what event was where with no ca- and what what upgrades and what rewards were where without really thought about how the player would actually encounter them. Um, oh. And okay. I kind of agree to an extent. Like it does, the events do get like faster and faster slowly as you go through them. Like um, it forces you to unlock the upgrades for your ship so you can really uh, up the power level of your ships to a competitive number. And then when you're at that number, you can race. Um, problem I have specifically is with the speed events. Now, these are quite controversial because they changed them from the first game. In the okay. first game, a speed event was... It's a time attack style mode, 
But if your ship's speed is above a target speed, then you actually start getting time back. So it's like if you, if you manage to keep your your ship's raw speed up, up a certain level, you could actually earn time off your lap. Um, so it became a balancing act between... I mean, it was still a time attack at the end of the day, but you could abuse it a little bit by like really burning it at certain parts of the track to get as much time back right. as possible. Um, I see. <laughs> in this game, they've changed that. So it's about you score points when you're above a certain speed. Um, and it's disproportionate against like if you really burn the boosts and you're going far too fast, then you gain a lot of points. Um, so it's about, it's basically about hitting a max speed and for as long as possible, which is fine. Right, right, right. In, in concept, that's okay. Problem is, is the targets. The targets are so much harder than the actual races around them. Like it, I find it really, really difficult to hit the bronze target on these on these missions. Whereas oh, yeah. I find the races I'm winning almost all the time at the moment. Oh, I'm weird. playing on the middle of the road difficulty um, for the game, which is what it recommended. Like if you read the descriptions, it's like you're familiar with anti grav races. It's like yes, I am. I'm quite familiar with <laughs> yeah. anti grav races. I'll pick this difficulty to start with. Um, uh, but the difficulty of these events doesn't scale, which is fine. Like I, I don't mind that. It's like it's nice to have an event with like I don't know a star rating. I suppose it's like you need mm. to hit the like this is your you know you want some, almost for time attacks and like speed events things with a fixed target. You don't necessarily want that to scale with the difficulty that you're playing through, right? Like that kind of makes sense. No. Yeah. The problem is, is those lower end targets are almost unatt- unattainable, and it's <coughs> I don't know. It's a weird spike. And, and unfortunately, I've got three speed events in the career that I currently can't do. And there's upgrades behind each one of them. Mm. And it's like, God damn it. I need to, I kind of need to do those in order to, yeah, get the upgrades in order to do better. Yeah. I'm worried I'm going to reach a point where I can't get my ship's power levels up to the required minimum for the events I'm doing because I'm still doing okay in the main events, but I'm more worried that my power level is now quite a lot lower. It's, it's in the low end of the range I'm allowed to do events in. <laughs> so like it's the, the game might stop me from being able to take part in events. I would probably do all right. <laughs> mm. It's weird. And uh, yeah, like maybe another sign that this thing was rushed out the door rather than, Possibly. Properly tested. <coughs> oh, throat's going. Anyway, I was getting passionate. Right I was getting passionate yeah. about my AG racing. Um, I mean, it, it, I mean, usually in uh, something like Wipeout, often the time time attacks are easier, and the races because they're more random with weapons and stuff are sure. harder to win. Yeah. I mean, there's no there's no weapon racing in in Red Out. It's, no, it's more no. in tune with F Zero. Um, Oh, yeah. Um, which actually, I think is a is a benefit. There was there was a very light yeah. element of weaponry in Red Out One. One of the power ups, quote unquote power ups, you could assign to your car was a an EMP that would slightly mm-hmm. futz the vision and slow your ship very tiny a very tiny amount in a sort of AOE blast around your ship, mm-hmm. and the AI would do that all the time <laughs> and to do it quite well. And so I'm glad that's gone. Actually, I think having having those sorts of powers from Red Out One, like removing that system, good good choice. Actually, sure. Um, 
but you're right. Yeah, um, the time attacks were more. It felt like a mastery of the ship as opposed to a mastery of race mechanics. Those two things could be slightly different. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, could, as I say, because of the weaponry. Um, and in Wipeout, that's fine. I don't mind that at all. Um, but because racing and driving your car is all you have here, these weird bumps just feel just feel wrong. Just feel wrong. Weird bumps that just feel wrong. <laughs> Get yourself checked. CGP. Um, anyway, so that's read out um, and read out too. Um, what else I've been doing? Uh, there is one other thing I've started fresh, uh, and that is somewhat randomly. I thought now was the time to play Hollow Knight. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, it's been on my. I, mean, I guess the second one still isn't out. The, sec- the second one still isn't out. Still- Do we know when the second one's coming <laughs> no, out? No, well, like, I don't. Anyway, I paid enough attention to know when it's coming out. No, um, that game's real good, as it turns out. That's what people say. Yeah, <laughs> it's. it's yeah, an int- I knew you would like. I knew you would like that. I saw uh, Gary playing that, and yeah, it, it looked really good. It's an interesting one though, because it's it's quite hands off for a. It's more hands off than I was expecting. Um, it kind of drops you, just drops you in it. Like it tutorializes a few of the controls. Like for some reason, it tutorializes jump, and it's like I don't think you needed to tell me that. <laughs> and it didn't. Tu- and it didn't. I didn't get a tutorial pop up for swinging my sword, which is the first thing you actually need to do. Um, <laughs> but it gave me the tutorial for jump, and it's like it's, it's all right, game. I've got I've I've got that. I've got those two functions down. Don't worry about it. Um, but then when you actually get to like. You know, starting to explore the world doesn't yeah. tell you anything. It's just like, here you go. Here is a quite a large initial explorable area. You don't even have your map at this point. And it's just like, go, go futz around, do things. And it's quite, and it's re- continued to do that. It doesn't really guide you about where you need to go ever. No, um, no. Like, not even with, like, little subtle hints, really. It's like the only thing you have to go on is, like, I don't think I've been this way. Or exactly. when you eventually... You get feeling. Yeah, when you eventually do get the map, or which is incomplete most of the time <laughs> as well, um, uh, you, you, you sort of start to see where the rooms are, and you'll be like, okay, I've not been that way, or I've clearly not been able to do the thing in this room because there's a door on the other side of it that I've not gone through. Um, spend your... Pay pay for the map upgrades whenever you can. Seriously, pay for the map upgrades. Just just do, just get them all. Just get them all. Just get them. Um. So that that's been quite interesting, but it's also like like it's quite precise. I don't think it's been as hard as people initially said. Like I don't know, Hollow Knight has been. I don't know for some. I, I've had it in my head that Hollow Knight was one of these hard games, right? Like quote unquote hard. Oh right, like a you know Dark Souls. Yeah, <laughs> influenced like everything else, and it has some Dark yeah. Souls influence. Don't get me wrong; it, like it has. If you die, you lose all your money, um, and you have to go corpse run to get it back. Um, so it's it, you know it's got it's got those standard elements there, I suppose. Um, but I haven't found it like too challenging so far. The, the, like the, the, it does have that sort of slight panic where you're like quite away into a bit of exploration, and you haven't found a goddamn save point in ages. 
and you're like, oh, I really don't want to die now because that means I'm going to have to have, like traipse my way back through whatever path I've taken to try and get back to my corpse to get my money back. Mm. And I still don't know where a save point is near that point. <laughs> so it's you do have that slight fear every now and then. It's like, should I just turn back now? It's quite a long way back. I can't be far from a save point, right? I just need to find the right room. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's been a few moments where, where that's happened to me and it's like, oh no, I've died. Let's do that again. And that is quite annoying, but um, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it's been super difficult. So I think it's been just right, actually, because the combat has some little intricacies. It's like, it just doesn't... Basically, you're just slashing a sword and jumping. That is all you really have at the start of the game. But it's like, even that, there's a sort of feel to it that's slightly interesting. Like when you sword slash something you knock it back. But you actually get a tiny bit of knockback from that as well. So you kind of have to bear that in mind if you're trying to jump somewhere and there's an enemy in the way because you're not going to get your full jump length if you attack something in your jump because you're going to get knocked back by it. Mm. Or maybe you need to use that to your advantage. You can use that knockback to slight, you know, you can down, you can do the shovel knight thing where it's like if you hit something below you, it actually pops you up a little bit. Um, and you need to do that in a few places. So there is a nuance to it, but it, and some of the enemies do attack pretty quick, but you can, they're often pretty simple patterns, so you can learn them, and you do eventually get a dash, so you can at least dash out of the way of a lot of things. I don't think that dash has iframes or anything like that, but you can at least physically move out of the way. Um, yeah. So that's been, yeah, simple, but um, feels good, is what I would say. It's like, it's, I wouldn't say it's particularly... Uh, inventive at the moment, but it is it, it, it's 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 simple and feels good. Um, uh, I like its like soul system. So like as you hit enemies, you gain soul, and you can sp that's basically your magic points, and you can use that to either heal, which takes time. It's like drinking a flask, I suppose. <laughs> Dark Soulsy stuff. Um, you can sit mm. there and spend your soul on healing, but you're vulnerable. And if you decide to break out of healing uh, to avoid being hit some more you don't get that soul back. Like that amount of soul you spent trying to get to the heal is just gone. So it's, it's there's a risk reward to that. Um, but it's also used for some attacks and things you get later. There's some other uses for soul. But yeah, you have to earn that back by hitting things. So it forces you to at least get all up in melee uh, stuff when you can. Uh, so I quite like that system. That's quite good. Um mm. Uh, I think it's going to be quite long, from what I can gather. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a decent length, yeah. Because I'm playing Void Heart Edition as well, which has had all the updates. Um, uh, I don't oh, think right, there was okay. any DLC for for Hollow Knight, but they, they were all free updates. But Void Heart Edition basically has everything they've ever done at this point, um, all thrown in at once. So I don't know what's DLC and what's not. I don't know if it'll be obvious when I encounter it, but it's... Um, it looks big. There's like there's like a little there's a couple of spots where you can see where it looks like how much stuff you could potentially get. Like to and there's like it's it's a pretty big amount of space. And there's like a little just scratching the surface of it. Uh, so I think it'll be long. I like how it looks. I like how it sounds. I like yeah, how when it looks you get, great. I like how when you get hit, it's like filter it like low pass filters everything for yeah, a moment yeah, to yeah. be like, ooh. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That that hurt. Um uh I the only thing I think is like, like oddly, uh, I mean, I like how it sounds aside from like the music's kind of just there, right? The music's in some way, it's, it's good, but it's like they're doing the atmospheric theme 
right? They go yeah. re- they go really hard on the atmosphere thing to the point where most of the background is often just like a windy cavern noise, like all the time. Windy cavern, like it's always yeah. going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very atmospheric, and that yeah. never goes away. As far as I can tell, it's always doing something like that. Um, yeah. Which I mean, appropriate to the environment, but true, yeah, there's but always some kind of ambience. Can get yeah. a touch grating. I do think yeah, your I, fo- can do. Yeah. I do think your footsteps are too loud. If I have a nitpick about sound design, <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's deliberate, isn't it? But yeah, it is kind of after a while gets kind of yeah. You could, I noticed it right at the start where it's just like my feet are loud for such a tiny dude. <laughs> like it's weird. Um, uh, and I, I guess I would. I would also say, like, strangely, I think the voice work it actually feels a little out of place to me. Like, I don't mind it, and it's it's definitely the game style. Like, and it's not like they're speaking in English or anything like that. They're speaking in some Buglandish or whatever. Um, but sometimes, when when it seems like there's a bit of voice for some reason, I don't know. I, I don't really know how to how to describe it exactly. But there's it almost seems like perhaps that should be more manipulated rather than sounding like someone speaking in Finnish or. <laughs> You know, it's too clean. It's weirdly clean. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. But I like it. I like it's it quite good. a bit. It's good. It's yeah. one of the, yeah. I've definitely had that moment already where it's just like, I need to stop playing this, but I reckon I could make it to the next save point. <laughs> I've done that a few times before I've actually stopped. Right. And they're not that. <laughs> they're fairly far apart on the yeah. save point wise when well, you don't really yeah. know what you're getting into like especially if you're going exploring into a new new bit of zone a new zone a specific specifically and you're like oh i don't i don't know how long it's gonna be till i can say <laughs> um it's good i like it i like it and i think that's me we should very briefly mention that we actually finally finished Hyrule Warriors. Oh yeah, <laughs> we all this oh, time. we a hundred percent did it. Really? Um, uh, as, so you, you, it was possible. <laughs> well, in this game, yes, not yes, the other one. In this game, okay, yeah. I mean, we've a hundred percented it in the sense that we've done every challenge the game has offered us, um, and unlocked everything on the map that it has offered us to do. I mean, if we wanted to be completionist, yes, you can push every character up to level a hundred if you want to. Um, which, as far as we can tell, creates some oddness with the health bar, right? Like, it's like two full lines of health and then a couple more hearts. Yeah, for it's, some reason. It, it, it doesn't even have fill up the whole bar. It looks really weird. <laughs> it's like like we've over-leveled somehow. Ooh. Um, uh, and, nor have we, like, maxed out weaponry for every character. It's like, you could go deep on that stuff. But, like, some of those characters are introduced so late in the game and it's like, yes. you have to be pretty mm. hardcore to want to do it. I think we've now hit the problem, right, where we played it for on very hard, right? Yeah. So there is nothing left for us to do. There is no harder difficulty level for us to to want to grind our characters unless up. You were, unless you just had some really weird completionist desire to like have a score on every one of the difficulties, because it does have, like, on the score of each map, it shows you each of the individual different different difficulties oh, has I its see. own score. Yeah, if you want to just blitz through it in easy mode. <laughs> and theoretically, and if you were really, really super 100%ing it, you'd go for the maximum score on each map. Uh, yeah. Because well, it ranked on is. time and kills. But it doesn't give you, like... Yeah, maybe that would have been better had had it like given you like a rank letter at the end of the US ranked that level. Well, like shit, yeah. And then maybe there could have been some extra unlock tied to that. You know, well, maybe. I think I would have liked that. I think I would have liked the level ranking. 
would have given you a good reason to go back and do it again. Instead, you just get to see whether you've whether you've got the full two hundred or whatever rupees for each of the stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, I don't think that's not going to draw me back. No, it's like I want a ranking. Um, but yes, we could find the we had to grind our characters up to like eighty something. Yeah, <laughs> to be able to do the last mission. We did. We did finally hit a bit of a grind because even though the last mission is rated as seventy eight. It's like it's just not possible to do that fast enough in very hard mode unless you le- unless you overlevel. And I do want like every time I'm sure we've spoken about this before several times throughout this game. But I like how would you even do that in single player? Like with two of us, we can like we can. Well, I mean, we're faster to kill things to start mm. with because we have two characters actually doing damage rather than the fake AI controlled characters. Right? That yeah, don't do ver- ver- very any damage really. But like. With two of us, we can, and on some levels, not on this last one specifically, but on some levels, you can actually split up and mm. do objectives faster because you're doing two things at once. Sure. And in a couple of, there was a couple of missions where those ones where it would spawn each, you'd have four characters, but each individual character would be in a completely separated area and yep. they had to fight a boss by themselves. Yeah. So obviously, when there's two of us, we're doing two bosses each rather than if you were by yourself, you'd have to do all four of them. Switching yeah. character each time. I, I mean, I wonder if that's even scaled. Yeah, that's why way. I'm wondering. Like, does it scale for two player? Like, is it because it's not counted as like a separate scoreboard or anything? Yeah, and how does it scale? Like, does it scale the timing or does it scale the damage you can do or something like because that? Because the timing or... was, was definitely the problem in the end. Because oh, the yeah. timing on that last mission was nuts. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the same with like the back third of that game. Really, we got to a point where it's like we could beat most things most of the time without dying too much but we're like the time challenge was the bigger issue yes everything is timeless yeah <laughs> yeah and it seemed extra dumb for that last mission because like it has an incredibly harsh time limit but like the mission is you're you're really you're fighting the last three bosses again mm. but then, then like the first two of those three are like Guarded by pre-bosses, yeah, like yeah. boss enemies. Mini, you had to defeat them. The sort of what were bosses earlier in the game, but are now just hurdles. Yeah, like um, to open the door to, to get to the actual boss. To get to the actual boss, and then he yeah. moves, and then you do that again. But then the actual boss is actually accompanied this time, which makes those fights yeah. slightly harder than they have Extra been. Enemies. Yeah, so you have to do all that within a, a ridiculously tight time limit. But then the actual level is like this huge battlefield where there's millions of enemies fighting millions of NPCs, and you just have to run straight past them all because yep. you don't have time. You got to ignore all of that. <laughs> you just have to go. You got to ignore all of that. Yeah. So while you're doing that, you have to send your AI companions who don't move at the same speed as you. They get across the map a lot slower than you do. So you send them to the next objective. So when you finish one of them, you just switch to them and right, let's do them. And then while we're doing them, we have to send those guys back to where we know the final boss is going to spawn yeah so because we've done that the first time and it's like oh crap all right okay now we know that we can send some dudes there so we can just skip there because otherwise it takes like 30 seconds to run across the map oh, and that's was, far too long it was longer than that it was like a good 45 i reckon traversal um and even then we only just made it like literally last second it was like robin triggered his kill animation on the boss and it's like this is gonna be close yeah oh, really? <laughs> it's quite a long wow. animation <laughs> it was it was in the last week hit and the clock's oh, counting okay. down and it was like the last second or two that it, that animation nice yeah because yeah oh. those the, like specials and slowdown t- don't stop the timer the timer's always going so it's um, I see you, you've got to be you've got to be earlier than, than, than the clock than the clock says yeah 
Well, well done. You finally made it. Yeah. How, how long have you been playing that game? Like a hundred and something hours. <laughs> yeah, really? a long ass time. <laughs> At least a hundred hours, yeah. Um, Sheesh. Hell, what's so next? Now we're, then? now we're left with the decision of whether we go to Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition. Yeah, go back to the previous game. Um, which I, I have a copy of now. Um, or oh. we go for the DLC, uh, which has new characters and new challenges. Um and I think a new bit of campaign in some of it, like a new, yeah. some new storylines. Um, I mean, it's always a bit of a question mark whether DLC is worth it. I mean, it probably isn't compared to the full price game, but you well, know, because you already have bought this second game. Yeah, we probably need to do that. Yeah, maybe, some of that. Maybe we do that, <laughs> and then maybe when we come back to this, we'll need a refresher, so we'll level up some of the other characters before doing the DLC. You know, I feel like, relatively speaking, or maybe we do a whole be... different Muso. Who knows? <laughs> maybe. I feel like this game, like Calamity, is probably going to be easier to come back to. Yeah, probably. Because as we said, like it does take time to get back into it, but it's not actually that complicated. And once you, once you, once you even remember the slightest amount, you're like, oh yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, I get, oh, yeah, I get this. Yeah, <laughs> just spam the dodge, and then you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> just spam the dodge. Uh, I mean, I think we were being quite. Um, What's the word? We were we were holding ourselves back from like spamming the rune powers because it's like really we should have, we could have been abusing that a lot earlier. Like the we rods just was the actual thing. Well, yeah, more just putting things into status when they're weak. Well, because like, we started I mean, we, we started relying we on that towards on. the end. It yeah. was like as soon as the time limit started getting stricter, it was like okay, we could actually break things faster by actually remembering to use status. Yeah, go into status. Make sure one of us puts them into status. Well, yeah, that is beat the them down, and then when they come out of that stasis, but they're still in weak point, the other player can then both, and you can basically just chain them together. Then, like once we had the upgrades to make the cooldowns super quick. Yeah. Um, Although, as we discovered that one of the times when we were trying that last last boss, it's like the first time we tried using the rods to just break the armor super quick because mm. that just works. It like it, it lets you break the armor extra fast. But as we discovered, it like that doesn't actually do very much damage compared to in, like legitimately breaking the armor. Yeah, like so- our actual damage yeah. output was way lower just using the armor break special attack. We, we weren't really saving time. Um. As a result of using it, it's like it was a nice, it was a nice approach. The rods feel like one of the more underutilized mechanics yes. in the game, which is a shame because you get a lot of rod power, <laughs> but that it's not actually all that effective. Well, I mean, it's effective for if you need to break the armor super quick, uh, but like, I mean, that's rarely a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's just fighting the things in the first place. I mean, I, I guess you could avoid a certain period of time of just fighting a thing yeah. might get you an extra weak point off but yeah if you're fighting it normally you're doing the damage that you would have done in the time you saved if that makes sense I don't know all the time you haven't saved you're still hurting it and also it was the classic problem of just like it's a consumable and therefore you don't use it <laughs> yeah because what if you need it <laughs> <laughs> which we never did and it's not like you don't find the stuff constantly in yeah. every vision yeah <laughs> still Mighty fine game. Yep. Enjoyed enjoyed the hell out of it. 100%, yo. 100%. Cool. 100% of this podcast as well. Yep. 
We've reached the hundred percent mark. Ten percent, probably. <laughs> what was the Castlevania Even percentage? Two hundred sixteen point five. Okay, we're not too much. <laughs> That's where we've got to. <laughs> um, so, thank you for joining us for that movie TV section, followed by minimal Splatoon news, followed by the what Star we've Wars been playing episode. for hundreds of hours, and. Uh, yeah, we're Happy Salad. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel as well, so check that out for Let's Plays. And uh, we'll be back here with another podcast, so-called Saladcast, in a couple of weeks. So we'll catch you then. Podcast. 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 <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>